0: Hey,
1: how are you? Bam, you we're good? live. Listen, listen, li- oh, wait. Wow, we have Twitter issues. Did I get kicked off of Twitter? This the second day in a row where they won't let me go live on Twitter. If you are just sitting around on your ass collecting government checks, it's time to stop and get a job at barbelljobs.com. There's a job for everyone who's not a piece of shit and willing to do their part to make the country and the world a better place. Get off your bet, but today stop eating added sugar and refined carbohydrates. Get a job at barbelljobs.com. Thank you, barbelljobs.com, for sending shitloads of cash to my account so I can continue to do this amazing podcast. Thank you. Bye. Hi, Snorri.
0: Hey, how are you?
1: Good morning. I've never done the uh sponsorship at the beginning of the show. The, the, those guys are such great sponsors, they're just like, Hey, here's some money, we love your podcast. But I was like, You know, maybe I should try to do one in the beginning,
0: yeah, just like, just like. Must be something in it since everyone else does it. So might be onto something.
1: Yes. Yes. I, uh, speaking of being onto something, I made a post, I was watching your podcast that you did with uh, a gentleman named Justin last night from a couple months back.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: And I posted a clip of it on my Instagram. And uh, this morning at six hours later, it had nine views. And then at 12 hours later, it only had nine views. And that's how much Instagram likes me.
0: Well, or me. No, <laughs> I mean, no. It has, it's trust probably me, it has, mutual.
1: No, well, maybe. Maybe. Man, they hate me. People keep... People, um, e- e- hi, Brian. Good morning. Was that a raw egg you just drank?
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> Looked like it. Um, p- e- e- literally every day, someone sends... So if you try to follow me on Instagram, Instagram will send you a message saying, hey, this guy's full of shit. Are you sure you want to follow him? And they put it big up on the screen and every day someone will take a picture of him and be like, Oh my God, I thought shadow ban was just a conspiracy theory. I'm like, no, <laughs> 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 not a conspiracy. Man, theory." Brian, you, G- go ahead.
0: You have a bunch of followers. Though. How did they get there? Were they there before?
1: Yeah. 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 I'm just leveraging yeah. my, my old CrossFit fame. Like if I lost that account, I, I would probably like, I have another account that has like 2000 followers. I've just like, I was in a position of power and I utilized that to just get a bunch of followers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, and I posted like thirst pics of rich and like, I would get inside information from Dave while I was the director of media. And I just leveraged that to build my own brand, brand. And now I'm just a now I, got, now, I <laughs> now I got,
2: now I got nothing. His nose is hanging on.
1: Yeah. yeah. As, the, as many people in the ecosystem said, when I started the podcast, he's just trying to stay relevant. Fair enough.
0: I'll take it. <laughs>
1: I'll
3: take it.
0: And uh yeah, well, from there something happened because uh there's a lot of fame coming your way and has been coming your way. I I'd like to think this podcast has become the biggest one of them all, actually.
1: Um in in the most um humbling way I can say there is no second place. We have taken over. <laughs> uh and, I like and the this- sound of that. This is a, uh, um, if you get out of line, Caleb works for the Air Force and um, he will come over on a jet and get you. But uh, okay. in the meantime, in the meantime, he's just going to run the back end. Um, <laughs> snorri, do know. you roll the R's in your name? Like if, if, if I was Icelandic, what I say snorri, rri, snorri? Yeah,
0: you would even roll them harder. You, rrr, you, you have rrr. to go full blown rrr on it. Snorri.
1: snorri. Yeah, it's
0: like snorri. the pronunciation is like it's got... 19 R's in there, not two.
2: You actually start (laughs) rolling them even in the first syllable. You're already
0: rolling them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's all about the R, if you want to pronounce it correctly. You need to get the R's down. Is
1: that your real last name, Baron?
0: No. That's just something I took because it sounded cool and and made uh, a distinction on me. Uh, I uh, I wasn't baptized with that name. I Snorri Johnson is the is my name. Baron is just something that was cool. And, it's uh, so cool. It stuck. Yeah. So yeah that's I, the I big th- story about that.
1: When I was a kid, one He's of the coolest cart one of the coolest cartoon characters was that that when Snoopy would be the Red Baron. I don't know if you remember that, but he was like yeah, the yeah. Ace Fighter pot. Yeah, that was so cool.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so yeah. you don't have. And, and, and what's your? You have a real. Hold on, hold on! Hold on! Hold on!
2: Are you familiar with? Uh- the, you know the word baron in the British or English language,
3: Snorri?
0: As a source of royalty, or I, I don't exactly know where the baron is in the hierarchy of power, but it's somewhere in there. It the, the baron has some power, but not all. Yeah. Of them. So,
2: no, no, I wasn't. So I wasn't accurate. sure either. I wasn't <laughs> no. sure either. And when I, I looked it up, it says it's a member of the lowest order of British nobility, but it also says that barons are usually referred to as lord. Okay. So that seems fairly more prestigious.
0: I mean, being not a king or something was maybe a bit too much. So, so Baron was just, just right, I think.
1: One of our sponsors for the, um, for Wadapalooza, our only sponsor for Wadapalooza is a guy named Liver King. Are you familiar with yeah.
0: him? Yeah. I, I, just because you guys mentioned him, I, I checked him out. He, <laughs> he's, he's a pretty a... awesome guy.
1: Yeah, he's a savage, you know. So I was friends with him, and um, sp- speaking of giving just ho- horrible advice to someone, I was friends with him, and we and we talked a, a bit, and he sent me some videos that he made. And he goes, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting on Instagram and start promoting these these supplements." And that's how I found him because I was taking those supplements, and 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 they were fantastic. They kind they really changed my life. Yeah, uh, when you're on the carnivore diet, if you're, if you're a strict carnivore diet, then you take those pills and the organ and you're not eating organ meat. And then you take those pills. You'll notice a huge difference. My hands and feet okay. stopped getting cold. My heart felt better, but anyway, So he sent me some videos, and I'm like, hey, dude, those videos are too extreme. No one's going to be able to relate to that. You need to make shit that's more relatable. He went the exact opposite way. He made the most extreme (laughs) shit you could imagine, and his shit is blowing up. He put on like Mm -hmm. 800,000 followers in two months. I'm like, okay, don't listen to me. (laughs) But it doesn't surprise
0: me at all. I mean, it's entertainment as well. People just want to be entertained, and he's doing just that.
1: And his diet's accessible. So whether you see him and all those chains and the and in and, and the in the stuff he does, that might not be immediately accessible. But he's like, hey, here's some raw meat. And like, this is what I eat. And it's like, wow, yeah. And I I, I can't yeah. tell you how many people I know who eat who started eating raw meat because of this guy.
0: And, and only raw meat? <laughs> only raw meat and some supplements pills?
1: Uh, he I don't I don't think he even takes the supplements. That's what's one of the things that's so so great about him. He's like, Hey, you shouldn't take my pills basically unless you're a pussy and can't eat raw meat. And I'm like, Well, I fit in that category. I'm a pussy and I can't eat raw meat. I, mean, well, I tried because, it.
2: because he's eating raw organs too. Yeah, know? organs, mostly organs. Yeah. Most people can maybe stomach the meat, but to stomach the raw organs is that's different level for me.
1: Cock and balls, heart, brain. <laughs> this guy will just just eats it all. Raw eggs, the whole. Did but you guys, see the video? Of-
0: you don't have to go far back in history where everyone needed to do this just to survive. So it's not that far back that this was the way of life.
1: That's a really, that's a really good point. That's a, that's a really good point. I in some of your athletes
0: thinking it's disgusting back then, it's just what they needed to survive. So, I
1: I don't even think it's disgusting. It's just that have you ever, when's the last time you had liver, Snorri?
0: A while back, but but liver is not that uncommon over here in Iceland, it's uh, it's a part of the cuisine. So, uh, uh, but it's not raw, of course.
1: Do, Do you like it?
0: No, I hate it, but uh, yeah, me I, too. I, I I I just want some tenderloin or ribeyes or stuff like that, and I want it off the barbecue, not raw.
1: And right, and I could can, can you eat just about anything?
0: Yeah, um, I, I'm uh, as you can tell, I, I like food, <laughs> and I yeah, me them. too. It's, it's and like, I don't like I can really eat, distinguish,
1: I can eat anything, and then except this one thing that this guy wants me to eat liver,
0: yeah, you just can't eat it. You just, I, I, or, I,
1: if if i smell it i'm just like
0: ah.
1: but but i take his pills and that and I, and i'm and i'm good he just he just shoves it into a pill for me
0: yeah well well done by him so uh, uh there are benefits to the liver i'm i'm no nutritionist but i could tell you the liver is a healthy thing to eat though or that's what i'm told so if you can get it in a pill form then he's onto something
1: yes you, what is an? Are you an agent or are you a manager?
0: I don't know the difference. I <laughs> okay, never good. received the, the handbook. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I'm just someone that works very closely with athletes and try to utilize my skills to make their life a bit easier. So that, that's in a nutshell what I, I strive to be.
1: Do you so does that? Do you give financial advice, or athletic advice, or romantic advice, or I mean, do you? Do, yeah, well,
0: uh, I'm, I'm known to do some do some pimping for my <laughs> for my athletes. So yeah, romantic advice is definitely something I give. But so, I'm mainly on the side of building an image, helping to build social media, like you are doing for the Liber King, and finding sponsors, finding what's the essence of that person? What's the essence of the brand? How do they, how, how, how do they work together? How is that a successful relationship that can be a financial one as well? So it's just like puzzles. I have this pool of athletes. I have this pool of brands and companies that want to sponsor and want to be engaged. So I place myself in the middle and I try to to, uh, make some good stuff happen. How
1: how, how many CrossFit athletes do you have?
0: Currently, as active relationships, it's 10. Wow. But then there are about 20 others that I'm involved with in some way, shape, or form. Some of these people are just very capable at taking care of their own stuff or – were there before there were any managers in the sport and just needed to figure it out, but rely on me maybe for a second opinion or something. So I'm involved with a lot of athletes, even though there isn't an official relationship there.
2: What do you, <clears throat> what do you think is the timeline of when managers did start entering into this sport?
0: Well, I came in, in, uh, tw- late 2016, uh, 2017 is when, uh, I started really getting the grips of it, and it was—it felt like in 2020 there was a bunch of new faces there. Uh, there. There weren't all that many when I started, or none that I knew of, uh, apart from O'Keefe and and those household names, Jason and X Endurance as well. Was uh, working with a few athletes, so they were the only two guys that I knew personally at that time, but. As time has went on, there are several new ones here in Europe. There are are several new ones over in the States as well. And I assume in the other continents, there are some managers as well. Uh, But the sport still hasn't developed into the, the size or the financials that... A lot of managers can uh, make a living out of it uh, let alone the athletes I, sure. there aren't I mean there are big name athletes out there that still hold a coaching job or still do something else just to survive so uh, uh, compared what, was to
3: the, sports, uh,
2: what was what was like what happened in 2016 did someone reach out to you did you see an opportunity
0: yeah well The 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 long and short of it is that i never intended to become a manager (laughs) That that was never my driving force uh i come from advertising i come from a marketing background so social media when social media exploded into the scene it became very fascinating to me and it became very fascinating to me how a person could take control over how the media portrays them through their own media, through their own TV station, through their own web scene. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all those new tools that have, have come along the way were just really fascinating to me. And to see how few athletes at that time had, had turned on the, that light bulb of, hey, I can make, this could be my entrance into earning and this could be my entrance into uh, reaching the audience I want to cater to. So that, that's kind of why I invested yeah. some time in working with people. And it wasn't only athletes at first, and it was strictly in Iceland. But you may not know this, but in Iceland, there are just over 300,000 people. But uh, a, quite a decent chunk of them are world famous. And I have a standing in the global community. Be it in uh, banking or in music, sports, uh, there, there are many arts. There are many s- sectors like that. So it's kind of a privilege to be an Icelander in a in a country where I know pretty much everyone, or it feels like I know <laughs> pretty much everyone here. So it's uh, the, the the route from someone like Sara Simonsdottir to someone like me was just one mutual friend. It, it right. didn't require anything else. So
1: you guys uh, are actually I, related. Let's face it.
0: Well, we're probably like uh, we, we we could look it up, but we're probably closely related, yeah. <laughs> like everyone else is over here. So we embraced the immigrants who kind of make it uh, harder for everyone to to have some serious problems because of because of this. Uh, but hey, I. Are, wonder are- Start off as inbreds. Most definitely.
1: are there. Are there Icelanders that um uh, have multiple wives? Is is, is there any like no no, no 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 no. We don't have knowledge. any
0: of that. None of but, that. Uh, there's a lot of Icelanders that have maybe someone they're married to, but uh, see other people. In secret, yeah 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 sure. <laughs> like everywhere else, but no, we are uh, we are very westernized. A lot of the things that are common over. In, in the United States are coming over here as well. And, I'm sorry, uh, some I apologize. Of it is down <laughs> I,
1: on behalf of the all Americans, I apologize.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think you left some of the good bits here and took some good. of the bad bits with you. So, uh, but but it won't be a culture shock for anyone westernized to come over here. And uh, I, I think that's pretty much when I when I travel to America. I don't feel like I'm in a completely different place that I have to adapt to everything there. So I I saw,
1: I saw that Sarah was the fourth person in Iceland to reach a million followers on Instagram.
0: I don't think that's correct. I think she, I think she was, no, it may be the, the fourth person, but she's the Okay, you want to say third? Right I can now. just
1: change it. I can change it in my yeah, notes. change sorry.
0: it to third. Yeah, let's, let's third, okay. let get it <laughs> okay. up there, but I'm I not accurate
1: it. on it. We write that. <laughs> and she it's not
0: really important <laughs> either. Uh, but, uh,
1: what, what's fascinating about that, at first I was like, yeah, I've seen a bunch of people with a million, but then then you think, oh, but there's only 300,000 people in our country. Like you said, Ooh. you contextualize <laughs> it. It's it's really Ooh.
0: amazing. Um, and for uh, the longest time... The, the icelandic crossfit athletes weren't really that commonly known in iceland it was uh the statistics over here were maybe 20 affiliates uh maybe like 6000 Icelanders doing crossfit that's 2% of the nation so that's that's quite an impressive statistic yes. the rest didn't really know what it was and uh had had no interest in it the media wasn't really covering CrossFit that much or, or the athletes or, or anything they were doing. We knew Annie because Annie is uh, it, its a name that stands out in a crowd. It's n- not like a very common name in Iceland. Usually a, a, a woman would be named Anna, not Annie. So, and, and she also just, uh, her, her looks are iconic. So we did know Annie. But for the longest part, I think many Icelanders weren't really sure who was Katrin and who was Sarah and and who who else. I mean, BKG, really good CrossFitter, but no one really knew who he was until maybe three years ago, apart from the people in his box and in his town and the CrossFit people. So this has all changed now. These these girls and and these people are national celebrities over here, uh, just like there are celebrities in many other places.
2: And have you, have you been a part of that?
0: I have had some part in it, but I also just think uh, the, the local media caught up. They, uh, they, they realized that there was interest in this and that these were impressive people that should be covered uh, equally to other Icelandic athletes or celebrities and even more because there were a lot of stories to tell about them. And These are charismatic and media-trained people who, who, who can really hold their own when the camera is turned on.
1: You know what's? I I, I hadn't thought about this before, but there in in American, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but in America there was a there's a character named Annie Oakley. I don't know if you've heard of her. She, no. It's a, a old play. I, I was in the play. I was in the play in high school, and she, okay. Annie Annie really is an Annie. Are you talking like, about she's, Annie? She,
0: the play, the musical. Well, Annie yeah, uh, yeah.
1: No, no, uh, no, well, that's a, that's a different one. But oh, that one okay. too, she really is an Annie. Annie's a redheaded American girl, like just across mm-hmm. the board. It's like the man, I didn't never really thought of that. She really fits the, yeah, that I was in that play. Annie Oakley. Ah, yeah. Okay
0: well yeah. done who did you play you didn't play annie did
1: you no i was like some <laughs> persian like snake oil salesman i played okay. myself i played myself <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: <Love it. laughs> uh, when,
1: when when someone has um uh, a huge following it's not a slam dunk that they can make money off their following
0: is no. it no 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 it's not and uh there, there are so many factors to this. And then it is the gap of expectations between who is paying you the money and what you're willing to do. So there, it's easy to say that the follower numbers uh, are the, the denominator. Is that the word? It is, it's what makes, makes the shift. It definitely helps. And brands do look at how many followers you have. But they are more enthused with who you are and how you can serve their message and and the purpose that they are seeking so follow it, with no followers it's pretty hard to make money <laughs> you have to have uh, you, you have to have, be an exceptional athlete and uh, be shining on the big stage even though your own follower numbers aren't but if you have plenty of followers, but you're not really tending to your media, you're not really promoting the products, it will be pretty hard to, to, to make a decent living out of it. Um, I, I know.
1: So there's, uh, do you know who John Brzink is? He's the world's greatest arm wrestler.
0: No, been, but I should know who he is. I love arm oh. wrestling. Pretty good okay. at it myself, actually.
1: You, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you say that. When, I noticed <laughs> when you pose in pictures, you pose like this. And I'm like, wow, either Snorri's done a lot of arm wrestling or he's done some fighting. Have you done no, both?
0: No, I'm I'm doing. Uh, I'm trying to uh, distract people from my ugly face. But ah, I got I'm you. Doing something. Uh, Look at me. yeah. No, I, <laughs> I I didn't do any competitive of either. I've done plenty of fighting that I'm not fr- proud of, but but that ended many years ago. I did boxing for a while, but uh, as soon as some real athletes entered the gym, I, I found out that I, I ate shit. If I don't land the punch, I'm done.
1: Is there organized crime in Iceland?
0: Yes, there sure is. And, and like everywhere do, were, else.
1: Were you a collector for them?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. It's like you fell out of a movie. I just sniffed that. See that? See, people? You make fun of my big nose, but this thing can sniff, man. It, it could sniff no. poop on the bottom of a shoe from 100 yards away.
0: On that topic I, I I had addiction problems when I was a teenager, and mm. uh, I ran into a lot of shit. I entered rehab when I was twenty years old. it's twenty six years ago, and I haven't looked back since. So anything bad that I did was in a different century and in in a very different life. So I'm not the person I was
1: it's It's interesting, um a lot of these people that you see like skyrocket to the top—they—they were—they went through some sort of drug addiction or rehab. They basically put all of that energy and focus into um, something else. It, w- w- what 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 was it for you?
0: It's it's crazy to even uh, because I experienced this in such a big way that I all of a sudden. Once that I had overcome the issues I was overcoming, once I had completed my rehab, it was a pretty lengthy rehab and, and all of that, I just felt like I had so much energy. I had so much drive and I had so much time on my hands because I wasn't partying. I wasn't doing any of that shit that I was doing. So I was handed a completely new opportunity to, to give, give just a new crack at life. So uh and I think about this very often I, I don't have the same energy anymore but I I I I was handed something that has benefited me really 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 much and uh it's the reason for why I'm here today
1: Do do you um do you have any uh animosity might be too strong a word but do you have any animosity towards someone that you leverage to um to, to go further or maybe animosity is not the thing, but do you have like anything like, OK, I'm going to prove to my parents that I can be something great or that girlfriend who dumped me in the in the eighth grade? <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking going to show her. She she dropped the ball. Do you have Look any at me.
0: That? I didn't have any girlfriends. man. <laughs> 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 no, I, uh, <clears throat> I I don't. I, I'm not driven by negativity. I, I know a lot of people who are driven by that. I'm not. I, I'm driven by by something completely different different and uh i'm motivated to make a difference Uh, i'm not motivated to prove someone wrong or 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 stick it to someone that's not me
1: or or maybe that's even too strong to show off like i had this guy um dusty tuckness on he's the world's greatest bullfighter he has no Mm -hmm. he has no peer the the next closest guy is sorry you're
2: gonna you're gonna learn about all the very specific world's greatest people on this show
0: I, well, love I, it. T- <laughs> I love it. Give it to me.
1: <laughs> and, and, and and so Dusty basically he's won ten championships, and the next closest guy is five championships. But his life revolves around this one Bible verse, and the Bible verse is that, um, basically, um, there's there's no better friend than a friend that will die for you. And so his job every uh, three hundred days of the year is to step between a bull and the guy who falls off the bull. And he's voted the tenth best guy in the or the best guy in the world at that 10 years in a row by his peers. Okay. So like, so it's crazy, right? And um, so but and, I, when he I talk- is a
0: friend to them. he places himself as the friend who is willing to die for you. Okay.
1: I think the whole time I'm talking to him, I'm like, man, this guy wants to show God, his daddy that he's <laughs> the best friend that yeah there it is, that he uh yeah there thank see. you caleb greater love hath no man than this that a man laid down his life for his friends and when i okay. talk to dusty i'm like damn this motherfucker wants to prove to god like he sees god as his daddy and he's trying to prove <laughs> to god that hey i'm the best son you ever had and okay. i mean i mean I, I i'm not judging that i think wow that's what a great way to live your v- life pick a bible verse and then just show god hey i can do this one but that's a crazy yeah. one.
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's, uh, uh, this this wouldn't really do it for me. I I, I need something more tangible than that. It's,
1: and so it's I good wonder, opinion. um, you, you must have something like that 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 gets you up in the morning. Do you think that um, like, do you think maybe would you say you're more running away from your addiction or you're more along the lines of, and I'm sorry to put you in either or, like, hey, I got a second chance at life. I better do something with
0: it. Yeah, it's that category. It's uh, the latter. I remind okay. myself every now and then. And then these successes I have had, albeit not all that impressive, still successes that I've had that I wouldn't have had all the ways and something that does a lot for me. And when I when I feel that I did make a difference, it's like, okay, and um, th- this is what I'm doing here. This is why I'm doing it. So uh, I-, I just take it to heart. Every small victory that I acquire myself or someone that I'm working with uh, gets, then I take it to heart and it, it motivates me to keep on going.
1: Um, do you ever you're, – you're around – and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of agents are like this, but you're around a lot of really successful people. Mm-hmm. Maybe success isn't the right word. We'll go with success for now. Um, do you ever feel yeah. inadequate, or or All motivated, or inspired? <laughs> like, what what are the, some of the things, the the consequences, positive or negative, that come with being around such um,
0: high skill, high level people?
1: Yeah, people who are just really so, pushing.
0: I have. I'm yet to meet the person that is just completely great at everything. That. I see them channel all of their energy into something that they become absolutely monsters at. But they still leave open spaces somewhere else, usually in an area where I am pretty good. So I am yet to find myself completely out of the league, out of the league. And if I will find myself in a situation like that, I'll just put my hand up and say, hey, get a real agent, man. I'm I'm not... I'm not the man for this. I I I I can I don't have anything to offer here. I'm yet to find myself in that that that, that situation. And funnily enough, as some of these people, especially those who are very well known, the, the first requirement that they put on someone that they want to trust is don't be a fan. Don't be don't be someone who is clearly just there to get that selfie with them or to, to, to be able to talk about it elsewhere that, that they're close to them. That you, you never get to the next level with that person if you're acting like that. Just be authentic and be real and be truthful about the things that you actually have some skills in or have some knowledge about and don't try to, to be a, a genius at everything because no one is. And uh, it served me well.
2: Even even having said that, and that there's always you know you haven't met that that perfect person, that person that whatever, have you said uh, at any time in the past four or five years that you've been doing this, come across someone and thought this person could use someone to help them, but I'm not that person, and mm-hmm. had to have that conversation and maybe said just said that to them or maybe put pointed them in a different direction?
0: I haven't found myself working with that person because. I do some due diligence beforehand, and i am usually pretty sure that I actually want to work with that person, and that i am uh, that that we will probably make for a good relationship that it will not be the skill set that where I will come up short it would it would rather be that the personalities don't match and on the personality front yeah, I have parted ways with, and people have parted ways with me just because the personalities didn't match and the trust that is required wasn't being built. And that's fine. But I haven't, I, I wouldn't offer my services to someone that I feel that I couldn't work with. And uh, there are definitely people out there that I see that that I think to myself, I probably wouldn't add anything to that person.
2: Sure. At this point, is it, is it more common for you to reach out to a, a, a person of prestige or for them to seek you guys out?
0: It's fifty-fifty, but th- this is the beauty of CrossFit, which is it's such a small pool still. So everyone is acquainted. I wouldn't say everyone knows each other, but everyone has heard of each other, especially sure. at the elite level. We, we, and and there is professional courtesy for the most part shown. Uh, there, there, there hasn't been a lot of. Uh, like interaction between the agents where there is uh, a, a fight for an athlete or something. There, it is still in a, in a place where there's plenty of athletes who don't have an agent, and most of us who are working on that front, we are stocked up as is. So it, it requires some uh, – bringing on a new athlete, it requires something special to happen because all of us, the way it looks to me – already have the roster filled
1: up yeah they're short on podcasts though i noticed i was looking at your list of podcasts that you represent you're very short on that you should uh you um, should look into that and, and buff fill, fill that <laughs> section up a little bit
0: what why, why do you think i'm here man <laughs> working uh, so, on it
1: so
2: Snori, as that as that like roster fills up or maybe t- uh, before that even like what do you think is a reasonable number of crossfit athletes for one person or one company to manage Mm.
0: okay this is uh this is a good question what what i look at first is the roster must be is symbiotic the the right word for it they need to be able to coexist they can't be people who despise each other or are such big competitors that it it will be a really hard time being the manager for them. Uh, so your roster
1: is a family so it's a family the roster in a way
0: in, in a way it's uh I wouldn't say family, but there are no there are there are no ill wills there anywhere. There is okay. no one there that, that that is absolutely disgusted by the next person. And, you couldn't uh, have
1: Trump and Biden, both. you couldn't represent both. Exactly.
0: Of them. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And uh, I, I'm really mindful of this because. This is this is also there. Some of them are fighting for the same meals, you know, so there is a there's a brand that comes in that wants to sponsor a athlete. And if I have too many people that fit the bill, I'm letting someone down by diverting the deal to someone else. So therefore, 10 is just a beautiful number to me. and as things stand, I spend more time with Sarah than anyone else. She's the first <coughs> CrossFit relationship that I formed. She is way more to me than, than just an athlete that I manage. We're close friends and we we, we engage a lot. So uh, all the other females that come on board know that I am very close with Sara. So if they see her as someone that they want to, then that wouldn't work, you know? So, <laughs> uh, therefore, I, I've been very mindful of how the roster is created.
1: And, the, and, and um, BK, you work very closely with BKG also, right? Yes. Yes, I do. This is a little uh, shallow. I, the conversation's going well. I apologize for taking it in this direction.
3: Uh, <laughs> when, no one you surprised. A, when you get,
1: when you get, when you get a guy, going back to your last name, Baron, when you get a guy like Björgvin, so, mm-hmm. so, I I think I'm speaking for myself when someone has a a name, that's hard to say you avoid talking to them. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. you and I could be at a sporting event. We're in a box. Some rich guy gets a box. We're all in there. And I like you, but I just don't, I just can't say your fucking name. And like, I want to talk to you, but like, I just can't say Bjorgman. So I just Mm -hmm. avoid you. And like, if you could have a name like Sevon, and no one wants to try to say that either. Um, (laughs) I I mean, this guy is a, uh, um, Bjorg then Carl Gudmanson. he's a, um, he's a specimen he is mm-hmm. there's no need for him not to be in the million um the, the million he's mm-hmm. nice he's yeah. easygoing you can talk dick pics with them politics with them uh health you can he'll go anywhere we had him on the podcast mm-hmm. the guy's like there's there's no coward in him um
0: <laughs> yeah you could tell there <laughs>
1: yeah he's a cool he's a cool dude you he, drive cross that's country the wor- with them in a. That's se-
0: the worst picture ever taken of him, though. <laughs> Let's make that clear.
1: You could, you. I mean, he's. A, I would, I would drive cross country with him in a second, and I wouldn't say yeah. that about a lot of people. I'd much rather be by myself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but what about his name, uh, uh, Bjorgvin? Like, is,
0: is he? Well, just, is he you toast? You started off. You started off by seeing, saying BKG, which is right. what we have pushed, which okay. is. To make it easier for for lazy people who don't want to roll R's and uh, attempt something adventurous. Yeah, it is adventurous. Yeah. So BK or BKG is what he is commonly referred to by the media. by his, Which is beautiful.
1: Yeah, which is beautiful, Mm -hmm. BKG.
0: It isn't his name, though, but he will respond to it. If you say, hey, BK, even though an Icelander would say that, he will just respond to it. He is just accustomed (laughs) to it. But you're damn right, he should be bigger, and he should be more popular, and he should be all those things that you listed. But some of that is down to himself. He is an easygoing guy. He isn't driven by fame. He isn't driven by being that all-out person, all-out social media personality. He couldn't give less of a shit about it. He just wants to train. He has a Pretty good life where he lives. He is. Uh,
1: he has a hot girlfriend.
0: The, yeah, he has a hot girlfriend. He he's the king of his town, and he's got a lot of friends. And he's got a he's got the life that he strives for. That's uh, that's one of the things. His Would goals you, are primarily athletic and sporting. His goals aren't trying to catch more of the fame.
1: So is BKG a plan? Because you were aware of that, you're like, "Hey Bjorgvin's yeah. tough. We got to help these. We got these mm-hmm. uh, numb in America are never going to say it." <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, PKG was started by another snorri, a, a common friend of our, a cr- common friend of ours, who uh, was doing his utmost to make him uh, a social media star and was filming him a lot. He's a really good friend of ours, and he is the one that. Uh, that spotted that name, that spotted that he needed an Americanized abbreviation so that people would identify him more. So I, I cannot take credit for that, but this was one of the first things that I spotted. Okay, let's run with that. Let's make that something that he will be commonly known as.
2: And the cool, you know, I don't, I don't know if you want to, how much longer you want to talk about PKG, but the really cool thing about
1: two, him, two more episodes back to back,
2: just yeah, three please.
0: hours. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yes. Let's do it.
2: I think I think one of the best things about him and in that uh, Instagram post that we were scrolling through you could see his statistics at the games seven consecutive mm-hmm. years in the top 8 like that and that's not that is not easy to do and you see so many athletes who rise up into that category and then drop off out of there for a year or two you don't see anything from them. maybe they come back maybe they never come back but the consistency mm-hmm. that he's been able to do you know elite level performances is very rare and I think he's <clears throat> If for people who are striving to have a long career in this sport, you should study the way he's gone about that because there have been times that he's had to turn down major competitions. The first time that Rogue was mm-hmm. a live invitational, he turned that down to focus on the games and you were already working with him and knowing him then. What, how difficult is that? This is something that's been a big topic this offseason for a lot of athletes. How many of these competitions should I compete in? How do I manage the training versus the competing versus the health versus the recovery to have a long career like BKG? What have you learned from him or how have you been a part of that process for him?
1: I just texted mm-hmm. him by the way and asked him for his phone I just DM'd him and said uh The organ. can I have your phone number?
0: Okay. I can I can guarantee that he has a pretty bad headache right now. It was New Year's Eve and he oh, <laughs> took, took advantage of that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but regardless on the on this topic it's so personalized Brian. It's so different between the individuals the volume of competitions they want to do uh, how their coaches set them up and all of that bjorkman has been he's methodical he he looks at these competitions He he's chasing that singular goal of the crossfit games that's what he's chasing so every decision he will make about whether to compete or not is is it beneficial to my goal or not while yeah. someone like Sarah. Her confidence is built on the competition floor. It's mm. the energy she gets from the crowd, that feeling of pushing yourself because she feels she pushes harder in competition than she ever could in training. So she's just, she just wants. If she could compete every week, and she would. That's that, that's just a very big difference in how they apply themselves. He has a long-term plan. He has a long-term programming in front of him where he is studying the levels he is reaching scientifically. He has a great coach who, who he, who, the, their relationship is beautiful by the way. So who's his coach? Annie, who's his coach? Yami, Yami Ticken. Oh, and his right. coach and, and yep, all brilliant dude. And, yep. Brilliant dude. And, uh, I don't interfere in that. I execute after they make the decisions on how to, how to proceed. Uh, I just trust the process there, and the data shows it. And whatever I influence myself in with with him is based on the decisions they have made without me in the loop. And and I'm absolutely fine with that. The coach should have more sway on this front than the manager, always. What nationality is Yami? He's Finnish.
3: Does he live in Iceland?
0: Currently, he has spent a lot of time in Iceland, and uh, I think he plans on residing here or or juggling his time. He lives in London, and which is close by; it's only a two and a half hour flight. So he he, he will be balancing his time between Iceland and London. I think.
1: Who um, uh, who's Annie's manager?
0: I think O'Keefe, but Annie is a very. Uh, I think O'Keefe is her manager, but she's very independent and very uh, she 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 has a lot lot to say about how things are done. And I think Frederick, her boyfriend, has uh. has, has a lot of things in there as well. I think he does a lot of uh, a lot of the talking on her behalf, like week <laughs> in, week out. But I think when it comes to deals and partnerships and stuff like that, I think it's O'Keefe.
2: Uh, And Annie's is a, is an interesting topic. And I'm sure that some of the athletes that you're coaching, you know, eventually they'll get to this stage too. making that transition from being a top five, top 10 level athlete in the world into whatever else they want to do next to kind of extend the relevance of their career into different Mm -hmm. fields for, you know, is that something that, that you do think about? You're like, you know, I know Sarah Bjorgman within the next three to five years. They probably won't be able to, to maintain this for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Are you already thinking about what you can
0: all the do time. in the future for and, them? And our plans are always based on the faces. Uh, what, what what do you want to achieve? What what is your end goal? Where where do you want to where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years, all of that? We're striving towards <laughs> that. We're not just looking at Maximizing the impact of each contract, and then just fuck off if you don't want to sponsor me anymore. <laughs> I'll just jump to another brand. We're not, we're not there. So, uh, we, I have a pretty clear idea on what both Sara and BKG intend to do once their careers are over. So, all of that who's can change, super... but but I know what they're what they're thinking.
1: I'm I'm trying to think of who's a super duper. Um, successful transitioned athlete? Like what, what's that look like? Is that like a Charles Barkley or Shaquille O'Neal? Like they, like basically you, you have to go to TV or like, like what is they? Like what, what does that look like? What What I other think, options are there for athletes?
0: I mean, a lot of them just transition into something completely different. I think on the CrossFit front, Jason Kalipa looks like he's pretty successful. Uh, right. Uh, Rich Froning definitely is a, is a success story. Right, uh, Matt Fraser sure looks like he is about to become a, a massive success story outside right. of the competition for. So right. it's a young sport, so we, we don't really have too many of those stories in front of us. But sporting-wise, right. uh, entering a business of some sort which maximizes what you have created image-wise as an athlete – is very relevant uh, be it a training program or a supplement brand or a clothing brand or whatever uh, then some of those athletes have already become involved with brands already have some ownership in the brand that they are representing and there might be like a golden parachute out of that when they want to cash in on it so that's one of the things that, that I look at. Is there an investment possibility here as well as a sponsorship possibility? So th- there's a lot of options. And it's the beautiful thing about CrossFit that isn't really in many of the other sports that I have studied. Still such a young sport. There's still so much room for creative dealings and for, for opening new pathways. While in MMA, where I dabbled a little bit, it's all mailed shut already. And in, oh, in it soccer, is. Really, in,
1: it is. Yeah, um, pretty much. I hear bad shit about MMA in the um, the behind the scenes, the managers, oh. the agents. Like I, everyone I've met seems nice as shit, but man, I hear some crazy stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it? I've is heard is, them it, too. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? Um, more cutthroat than CrossFit.
0: A lot more. It's a lot more primal sport. It's got a lot more primal people in it as well. And,
3: <laughs> I love
0: uh, that. You know the, the the level of education and, and backgrounds is different. Uh, most don't want to be punched in the face for a living. Uh, they, they do it out of something else or they started in it out of necessity. And
3: uh, wow the, the
0: lim- the limited re- uh, the limited experience that I have from there, made me realize that i didn't want to chase that I, I it would also require so much for me so much effort to to make the space in there and yeah. the dealings are different the, the business ecosystem is different i i think the crossfit ecosystem is it's still in the development stages and there's there are so many open minds in there still so uh, if, if we can get rid of this fucking virus once and for all and the world can open up again, and we can start living live on uh, normal terms again. I think the sky is the limit for where the sport can go.
1: Um, <laughs> j- just to, uh, sorry, I don't mean to be contentious, but just to throw in there, <laughs> I don't think it's the virus we need to get rid of. I think we need to get rid of what people think about the virus. Or that, I think, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the, the big problem. Hey, um, you said something so interesting there. So CrossFit is this ecosystem of people who want to better their themselves. They want mm-hmm. to be better people. They want to take personal responsibility, personal accountability. They're about improving themselves. And so that, could, that seeps into the, just the whole ethos, the, the air of it, mm-hmm. right? Or you yeah. would hope so. And, and, and UFC, although there is a lot of personal accountability, it's also the, the, the main ethos is that, hey, I can fuck everyone up in this room.
0: Mm-hmm. Of course, it's. I can super beat everyone up in here. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. So I've never this, even thought of that, even about... as an. <laughs> Go ahead. Of course. Yeah. And this thing about everybody being nice person and that inclusive, but diverse—fuck that.
3: Yes, there I is agree.
0: so much uh, pretentiousness in CrossFit as well, and you see, there is a trend about looking really uh, as a very good person. Not all of them are, but it brings likes on social media. And uh, there is – I've been so – sometimes I've been just shocked at seeing what some some of the people in the sport are posting about when I've had conversations with those same people, which are about the direct opposite of what they posted. So it's the, – the, the main thing, we, we can't paint CrossFit or the CrossFit – Audience athletes the business and everything up as just uh, virgin Mary's it's it's uh, it's a business and it's a super competitive sport and it's got all kinds of different types of individuals in there but if we compare it to MMA for example, you will see a clear difference in just the the, the, the markup of personalities in there uh, it's more extreme on the MMA side. At least it is so far.
1: Um, do you know who Jordan Peterson is?
0: I sure do. Yes.
1: And do you know who Kimbo Slice is?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> love Kimbo. I loved him. Yeah. I, I, was,
1: I, I was I was
0: thinking,
1: I, I was thinking today um, that they both got their fame in identical branding. Ways. I don't know if branding's the right word. You can help me out with the, mm-hmm. the verbiage. But basically, Jordan Peterson was in a street fight. He was in front of yeah. his college. He was accosted by a bunch of people who basically called him a homophobe and all of these things because he refused to use the pronouns they wanted. And he mm-hmm. very logically explained to them that it had you you it has nothing to do with being a homophobe or not homophobe. It's about the thought police. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm very sympathetic to to everyone's struggles in life. I have no problem with a you know dick on dick, but you mm-hmm. can't force this on people or vagina on vagina. Sorry, I don't mean to be sexist. Mm-hmm. You can't force this on people because and he explained very logically why you can't force it on people because it's a slippery slope to other bad stuff. Next thing mm-hmm. you know, we'll be killing Jews. Yeah, and he won the fight. He beat the fuck out of him. A whole fucking yeah. angry mob of fucking. Nose pierced, fucking redhead, dyed colored <laughs> hair. He whooped their ass on the street and he stood up for mm-hmm. himself against them. Mo- and Kimbo Slice did the same thing. Mm-hmm. This guy, this guy, this guy got in street fights and won. And I was just thinking when you were talking about, um, uh, when I was listening to your interview with um, um, um,
3: Justin? Um, Justin,
1: Justin, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's basically. It's basically what a little bit of what I'm doing now. I don't mean to compare myself to Kimbo or Jordan Peterson, but once you're free and you're willing to be who you are and fight, you can really you can really fire off a brand. Once mm-hmm. you're not afraid of what people will think. Now you can't be a fucking dumbass. Mm-hmm. But well you can. I mean, we know dumbasses who have built huge brands. But um sure there's something about not backing down from a street fight in this in this day and age that um mm-hmm. No one wants to see the bully win, I guess is what I'm saying. Exactly. Jordan Peterson stood up to the bully. Kimbo Slice, I mean, granted, he was bigger than life character, but you know, he he, he stood up to every fight. And uh I, I just think, wow, I love though, this kind of brand building. I love this kind of brand building. Standing up I to the bully. Of,
0: I kind of struggle to see the comparison between Kimbo and Jordan. Let, let me uh, I'll give you
1: I'll give you another really yeah. a raw example. Hmm. When Okay. When, 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 when Greg po- Glassman posted Floyd 19 and people said mm-hmm. that it was offensive or that it was insensitive, he should have he told them, hey, fuck you. <laughs> and he should have explained to them that they're projecting their right, racist ideologies onto what he mm-hmm. said and that actually he's looking out for black people and he's looking out for the health of the world and that his record shows that. And that it, like, he could have mm-hmm. laid it out, but instead the mob was so massive – and, and 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 granted, like, he's richer than God now. He fucking made a killing, put it in the stock market. His shit just is, like, on a whole nother level, and he's on to the next thing. But but he, imagine if he would have stayed and fought and been like, fuck you. You don't like this? Like, like he did to that one fucking chick at Rocket CrossFit or whatever. That chick tried to stand up to him and call him racist. Mm-hmm. Someone call me a fucking racist, I'll fucking have it out with them. You call me a homophobe, mm-hmm. okay, let's have a dick-sucking contest. Like, I'll have it out with them. <laughs> but imagine the brand you could build off of that. Mm-hmm. Like... And, and so let's say he would have told 3,000 affiliates to go fuck themselves. Imagine how strong that brand would be now two years on the other side. Instead, we have a fucking CrossFit with like – that's just completely fucking confused. We have gyms being forced to close all over the fucking world. Um, we're not we, – we have yeah, – I don't want to go down that path. But um, <laughs> It's uh,
0: interesting to, to hear this. I, I have uh, – But but I, I would have loved so to have seen – it.
1: I think a street fight – Really, when you stand up for yourself, you you, there's incredible brand value there that's missed because people are trying to go. They're trying to get everyone to like them instead of really Mm -hmm. just focusing on their base, Mm -hmm. you know, like
0: in in the sense of Jordan Peterson, I think he is still controversial, but. He has oh yeah you're going to be controversial if you're going to be huge yeah though right but, but that's, that's fine being controversial he, he stays true to his word he stays true to his beliefs right. and every now and then he surprises those who judged him the hardest by right because he is he is a human being and he's not, not shying away from that so he still has the every the, the odd card he plays that his, his biggest critics completely agree with him on. So, I've I've uh, I've indulged a little bit in him. I, he is very fascinating to me, that guy. And I also just on this whole topic, I reserve the right to be wrong. I reserve the right to change my mind when I look at something and I feel differently about it. You you don't always have to pick a side on everything. Right. This this Glassman thing. It was just on a very emotional time. There very some, emotional. I agree. And there, were, there were some that may have been looking at it as a business opportunity, uh, yes. software testing, testing how it would uh, – if they would go all in, what would happen. Right. It, it spurs from – it was just like a little drop. I mean, I, I don't think – the timing of it w- within this whole Black Lives Matter thing – yeah, it was very
1: that, that emotional. Was
0: a, that, that was just a timing. This was yep. bound to happen though. There was yep. it was bound to happen that there would be an explosion regarding CrossFit and the community and the people in it. It was bound to happen. There was there were right. a lot of people who were unhappy about this or that. And yep. it needed to be bought. Very well said. We are yet to see what what the, the results it yielded. We are just completely yet to see if there is big change, if there is uh, constructive change, if, if there is better life for lives for the people involved, we're just yet to see. So uh, I will pick my battles in this because on a personal front, I don't have too much to complain about currently. Uh, yeah, me neither. What happened during this time, my relationship with HQ improved massively.
3: My relationship
0: with other managers improved massively. My relationship with uh, key personnel within the sport came to a place that I'm not sure it would have been at if it wasn't for this whole fracas. So uh, on a personal note, I'm grateful for this whole thing, and I will just try to play my role in, uh, in making sure that it has a happy ending.
1: Oh, I love a happy ending.
0: <laughs> we all do.
1: <laughs> Sorry. W-
2: <clears throat> um, what's uh? so I know, I think a lot of people are pretty curious about a couple of the newer athletes that you've taken on, or maybe I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how new, but in particular, I'm kind of curious how you've um, developed the relationship with Roman and also with Thank Emma you. Lawson more recently. Do, could you talk okay. a little bit about those two?
0: Sure. Roman was, um, it it was in 2019 that I met Roman for the first time. I saw him at the 2018 regional in Berlin, where he just blew everyone away. And there was uh, this Russian guy who just won it. He came out of nowhere. He had some terrific performances there. And he caught my attention that time. But then he... uh, Came to Reykjavik in 2019 for the Reykjavik Cross Championship, and I met him there, and we we spoke through a translation device. <clears throat> and oh, soon wow. after that, he just he just asked me if uh, I would be willing to to assist him with a few things, which I happily did. I cleared it with Björkwin, as in uh, they are they were uh, and are competitors, and, and Björkwin was fine with it. He said, wow, that's nope. wow. No matter how intimidating this guy looks, he is an absolute peach of a person. He is—he is, he is a—he's such a beautiful person, that guy. And you will see it as soon as he smiles. Then you—then you just know everything is going to be okay. Uh, his smile just means the world is safe. It, we, we're in a good place. That—that's how impactful and how kind his smile is. So. I instantly liked the guy, and from there on, we've just been building a relationship, and it's been tough. It's been really, really fucking tough, because he lives in Siberia, um, as far away from where I live as he possibly could be. Russia is so huge, so Iceland to Moscow isn't really all that far, but Iceland to Irkutsk, his town.
3: (laughs) What's the name of his town? What's the name of his town?
0: Irkutsk. (laughs) I R K U T K S something. I fucked up the spelling, but if you yeah, no, I got start it. it on the right note, <laughs> yeah, yes. by Lake Baikal—it's the biggest freshwater lake in the world. And uh, oh wow, wow! He has a beautiful life over there. Uh, that's one of the misconceptions, and what I'm leading at is his whole visa thing. He just lives. He, he's he's a coach in his box. I like to spread uh, the
1: rumor that he's part of the Chechenian army. That's not true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) there there have been a lot of rumors, and uh, I'm happy to quash all of them because there isn't anything like that on his resume. He is is one of the good guys, and he's a very driven athlete. He did serve in the Russian army, but so did every fucking one else because it's mandatory over there. So he joined the army at 18 years old, I think, and he was there for a year and a half, and mostly in an athletic capacity because they realized what a what a freak of an athlete he was. So those those things uh, he, he has never seen any combat or, or anything even close to that. Uh,
1: I can't even get so- his hometown and where I'm at on the same map
0: no he's that that far away
3: yeah holy shit he's far away
0: it, it feels like he's just far away from everything it's uh it's like he lives in this one spot in the world which is far away from literally everything else but roman is a great guy i can't emphasize that enough he is uh his his mental strength him staying motivated through all the all the shit that's thrown at him is admirable and inspirational for everyone. And Roman, whenever he is in competition or whenever he is around the other athletes, you can just see they all respect him and they all like him. He is, he is not a—he's a threat on the competition floor, but he is someone that they all genuinely like. Everyone acknowledges that this guy is a good guy. Uh, he
1: could if, he could drive if, to North Korea. Did you see that on the map? <laughs> like he could vacation. <laughs> he could vacation in North Korea. Europe.
0: Trust me, he can't. <laughs> Even <laughs> North Korea is fucking far away. If you start looking at the at the miles it takes, it's like a seven day drive or something. So
1: I, I, I've I've heard <laughs> you say that basically the reason why they won't let him out of the country is the same thing that they've been saying for the last fifty years. That, that you know, because I've had relatives over there also, not in Siberia, but in, mm-hmm. in the USSR. That they they're afraid mm-hmm. you won't come back, and that's been a big thing. Exactly. Like. They think you're going to, uh, what's that called? Defect. But here's the thing. Here's, I mean, first of all, what a crazy thing to world to live in um, Mm -hmm. that you, that's basically caging humans like animals. When you talk like that, it's it's fucking insanity Mm -hmm. talk, but Russia hasn't had an increase in population in 21 years. They're stuck at 145 million. That means Mm -hmm. that either people aren't fucking there or people are leaving or both.
3: Oh, so, um,
1: <laughs> so something's happening Some, or, or right. maybe it's like one of those guests that like Joe Rogan has like who talks about the sperm count just in just pure plummet. Maybe it's something like that, but something's happening over there. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. uh, I think they actually had a population decline a couple years ago. They can't even not, hold their. None population. of that is
0: Roman's fault because. No, no, I agree. I agree.
1: <laughs> no, no. I'm not, sorry. I don't mean to justify it. I don't mean to justify <laughs> it. But um
0: Yeah. But but the, the the protocol is this: you can you you have to prove a legitimate reason for why you have to go to the United States. That's yeah. the first thing. Then you have to once you have acquired this proof. In his case, qualifying for the CrossFit Games, he has to apply for an interview at the U.S. Embassy. And it's not like there are U.S. Embassies all over. He has to travel for like forever to find an embassy that is willing to grant him that interview, and it's not like you get an interview the day after. It can take weeks, months, and once you have secured that that interview, you show up there and you have to prove your case and you have to talk them through why it is imperative for you to be granted uh, the chance to enter the United States. And for the last four times he has qualified, he has qualified every year since 2018, the first time in 2018, he uh, he tried this himself. He, he didn't really have any backing. He didn't have the experience. He didn't really know. So even though he landed the interview, he didn't really know how to play this, this instrument that he needed to play in order to increase his chances. He didn't have a write-up from CrossFit stating that he, he was a person of, of uh, importance and all of that. So that fell flat. 2019, he... He was qualifying for the second time he had a little, little bit more with him to the interview but still they denied him. 2020 no games. so he participated in the online games and he finished in, in 13th place. Then 2021, he didn't qualify through the re, through the semifinal he had to do the, the online or, or the last chance qualifier and that was in, in by the end of June. So, oh he, man, he couldn't even get, he couldn't even get oh, any interview. man, even though at that point in time he had so much behind him. He had Eric Rosa uh, f- filling out paperwork for him, he, he had multiple sponsors, he had fellow athletes, he had like, he had so much documentation proving. That he was important for the for the growth of the sport. He was he was a important person from every single angle needed. So we did feel if he would have gotten that interview, he probably would have been approved that time. Oh really? Because he just had someone we we did feel you, you can never you can never fully make a statement like that, but we did feel that he had a lot to put on the table so that they could base their decision on that.
1: Uh, what about, what about these MMA guys that are flying back and forth? Like it's their like it's nothing. Is this, um this is just all politics. This is because it's yeah. a bigger sport. They know more people yeah, and Th- could be paved the way for everyone.
0: We are hoping this is, and, and Peter Jan, who is from Siberia as well. So yeah. uh, I would, I would hope that those guys are actually paving the way. And, I just think Uncle Dana is pretty good at making shit like this happen. He he probably makes, he, he probably actually just called Donald Trump at the time and said, "Hey, or Putin fix this for me, or Putin, or, yeah, or both." Putin. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they just fixed it. But let, let's let's do you know Peter Yawn? No, I don't. But oh, does does, does,
1: does Roman?
0: He might.
3: Yeah. Wow.
0: He might. Yeah, was, I. Uh, I, i'm not sure though i've never asked him but roman is a big mma guy so he he, he follows very closely on all of that sh-
1: Snorri, when you said you spoke to roman using a device did you mean a translator yeah, sh- or
0: yeah like like i read into the translator in english and it translates it to russian and i press play and he listens to it he reads in in russian and press play and it reads it back to me and uh then we then we just communicate via Google Translate. I mean, I write it up in English, and he translates it and, and sends back. So that's how we communicate. Then he does have a guy that travels with him to competitions who speaks perfect English and translates for us. So we find a I, I'm way to make, make it, that
1: way. I, I'm going to make a pretty strong assumption here. I'm going to mm-hmm. guess that there is a little bit of good faith and charity on your part with Roman, that he's mm-hmm. not – he he he's no Cersei. What? not,
0: not, not the highest earner. Right. So I, I, can right. Just, I can just tell you that th- this is a hundred percent charity mission. And at some point in time that may change, but right. I will happily invest my time in someone like him because I fucking care. And uh right. Th- right. that's that.
1: Yeah. He you fucked up somehow. You've let your emotions cross into your business space. You're all fucking yeah. well, You're in love with Roman. You're in love with him. I can tell. That's, that's me, <laughs> you have a crush on Roman. I get it. I I mean he's totally I saw him dancing in a video. I have a crush on him too. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> we man. all do. We all do, yeah. man. Yeah.
0: And that's, there has to, you know,
2: know like, there there has to be the the risk. There has to be the first guy. Like, you know, there might have been a struggle for those MMA guys to to get the freedom to travel that they have now, but they had to go through that process. And look, Roman's not the only Russian athlete who's qualified for the games. that hasn't been able to make it there. The woman that qualified last year, the team that qualified and one of the other two guys that made it also were unable to make the trip.
1: Damn. So this is,
2: you know, Snorri taking this time to work with, the best Russian athlete we've had so far and hopefully break down those barriers could be paving the way for us to see more and more Russian athletes in the future at the games, which of course, although, you know, everyone wants, if you're good enough to be there, we want to see you there.
0: Hopefully. I, I mean, I hope everyone is willing to chip in for Roman. Everyone is willing to back in because he is also capable of that special performance. And if you just look at his trajectory now in the later stages of, uh, of, of 2021, he completely annihilated every single competition he participated at. He needs the chance to go up against those other very best guys because he's beating all those other ones with 100 points plus. Like in Dubai, I think it was a 94-point gap between him and Lassar. Lassar is a terrific athlete as well. So if we just look at those things and pile them up, Roman has every business going up against Valner, Medeiros, BKG, and everyone else. The world needs to see how he does in that setting.
2: Well, we did see it in 2019, and he held his own. He's up right up there, 100 points ahead of PKG, nine points behind Valner, 40 behind Fikowski, and these are the best guys in the world. So, yep. you know, he, he definitely True. has a strong case. It's great to hear. The thing that really made me happy was that you uh, said that there are a lot of athletes that also are, are supportive of him being there. Mm-hmm. And you know this as well as anyone that – the athletes want that. They want the best people yeah. to be able to show up and compete. And it's really cool when it happens to be people from all over the world. So that's why I think that having Ricky back, hopefully, in the in the competitive mix, having a guy like Roman at the games, like these would be huge things for the
1: sport. So you know, you're saying he uh, wouldn't I defect, by the way. You're saying he wouldn't no. defect.
0: He's going to come here money. and he's going to fly
1: back home <laughs> with his his first-place prize money and get back to
0: work. Exactly. And he is... He has a settled life where he lives. They have a baby on the way. He has a a wife. They've got two dogs. They have backyard barbecues. They have loads of friends over there. Their life is just a really cool life. And uh, he has no reason to want to abandon it. He just wants to be able to travel freely and use his skills uh, to, to make money and to make a name for himself.
1: Have you been there?
0: No, but I... Clearly intentional, and I know I'm very welcome over there. So it's, uh, it's definitely something I plan on doing. They may I'll or see. may not
2: actually have backyard barbecues, but he still tells Snorri that because he knows that's the biggest selling <laughs> point for getting him there.
0: <laughs> well, if, if he stages the pictures and videos he sends me, then good on him. Well done.
1: <laughs> Snorri, do you travel a lot?
0: Yeah, I do. I, I, I travel immensely much, and uh, COVID, of course, put, a, put, a, put the brakes on that, but uh, I've been traveling a lot now this fall, and I'm on my way to Miami next week, so there, there's a lot going on.
1: Yeah. Um, like when I, when I, uh, like Patrick Vellner got married or something happened and I remember O'Keefe saying that he was going to go to his wedding and I was thinking, oh man, being an agent must be so fucking hard. Like I would never, I would never want to go to a wedding. I don't care. if. (laughs) And then to go to all these weddings and shit like that. And he had to like go, he had to. Velner lives like in a far, far away land. Like he lives on an mm-hmm. island somewhere in some fucked up country. And like <laughs> he had to go there and then he had to go like on a week boat ride with Velner and like a bachelor party. It would just sounded
2: I think he had like, to drive the boat actually. I'd
1: blow my brains out if I had to do that for someone. I'm not going to my own kids' wedding. Um, do you ever are you, you know, ever just like go ahead?
0: Yeah. You develop feelings for these people. You become a part of their life. So yeah, when they invite you to the wedding, <laughs> it's yeah. something you happily do, and it's not work. It's uh, that, that's okay. just that's just a friend of yours inviting you to to his wedding, and you feel really, really special about it and good about it, and you look forward to it. That's, do you have a girlfriend? Uh, that, I have a wife, man.
1: You have a wife, so you Kept can't even go out. to
0: where is it. Yeah.
1: So, so you're not even going to the wedding with like ulterior motives. You're going. You really are. No. A friend. You're not like, okay, I'll get a bridesmaid while I'm there or something.
0: Again, man. I I faced up to that. I'm no ulterior. Yeah. Look at my beautiful wife. Uh, how did I land that? So that is a beautiful. I have no, congratulations. She, I have no ulterior motives whatsoever, man. <laughs> I don't. What does she drink. say?
3: What is
2: she,
1: You don't drink? No. He's 26 years, man. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. He's I thought
0: 26 I, years.
1: I assumed he was on heroin or something and that drinking, he still
0: drank. <laughs> it's all relative, man. You, you either quit all of it or you're setting yourself up to fail. So That's
2: a nice suit right that. there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My Armani. <laughs> My one and only time in Armani. I can tell you the story about how that suit ended up in the wedding some other time, but it's a very long story. I don't want to bore you to death.
1: Did it get destroyed?
0: Yes, it sure did. I ripped the pants in the church.
3: <laughs> Squat, squatting, whole, my whole,
0: yeah, squatting. My whole backside blew out, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking Armani, don't buy that. shit It's crap.
1: <laughs> hey, are, are have you ever been into powerlifting yourself? Do you got a big old yeah. ass? Like, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, I got a big old ass, but it's uh, it's 50 50 powerlifting on hamburgers, so it's uh, <laughs> but, but there's some power in there. Uh, I, I've done a lot of powerlifting, but <clears throat> I've never been. Being elite at anything that has to do with athletic and I'm, I'm fairly strong i'm fairly this and i'm fairly that but i'll never win and win a competition there and i realized i realized that early and then i found out that i can be pretty good at this communication shit and all of that yeah look at that 240 kilos
3: yeah wow I'm oh my goodness. three times
0: there yeah what's wow. that in pounds
2: that's going to be close to 600 pounds, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I did 24 reps of that that day. I did it eight sets of three. So, uh, yeah, I can be considered fairly strong, but c- compared, to, but compared <clears throat> to my friends over here, I'm nothing. And uh, <laughs> there there are some pretty fucking strong guys over here.
1: Yeah, you hang out with some savages. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So, um,
2: anyway, uh, sorry. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing all that about Roman. I think there's like so many people that have the wrong ideas. Like you said, a lot of rumors out there. So hopefully, that can just put in perspective what you guys are doing to try to make mm-hmm. you know make it possible for him to get over here. Like he deserves to have and, that chance.
0: And he is receiving uh, help from new places now that I can't really comment on. But uh, sure. there is, we have increased hope because there's a new strategy that has been put in place by people in power who uh might uh, that might actually work out. So I am I'm am silently and calmly hopeful that we will see Roman at the games this year.
2: Well, well I think everyone kind of feels that way. Um <clears throat> and then, you know, I I I'd also asked you about Emma and this yeah. is, you know, this is super interesting to me because when you started in into this domain of helping crossfit athletes out they were already competing in crossfit now we Mm -hmm. have this new generation of athletes coming up that are and especially on the women's side that are so young and already like sticking their foot in the door and saying i'm ready to compete with some of the best girls in the world i mean a top 10 you know a couple of top 10 finishes a couple of good events over in dubai like that's nothing to to think twice about for someone who's only 16 years old so what is it but how does the perspective change for you helping an athlete or, you know, who's so young getting into the sport and what are the, you know, what are the differences in terms of priorities for someone at the beginning of their career?
0: How old is she right mm-hmm. now, by the way, before we start? She's 16. She turned 16. 17 in four days. Okay. She is, uh, she's two years younger than Mal O'Brien, for example, just, just for context. So it's, it's absolutely mind blowing how far she has come, but, in Emma's case, it's her father that reaches out. He had heard some good things about me from from someone that that knew me. and uh, she she one of her idols is Sarah. so i I assume that Sarah was the validator for me uh, in that sense. but me and her father, we we just had some really good conversations. She. She definitely scored high in the parents' lottery, that girl. And uh, her, her parents really navigate the balance between her being still a teenager who is in high school who needs to do teenager stuff and have a life and have friends and all of that. And then that, that relentless, grueling training and, and, and all of that that is required to reach any of those goals. She is she's a fantastic kid, and uh, I, I'm I'm uh I'm kind of looking for the words to describe without being irresponsible just how much potential I think she has because not only is she an athlete of this caliber and still in the development phases but she also has a personality she also has a wicked sense of humor and she has. She has so much to offer as a person that brands would want to be involved with, that fans will relate to and like. She has so many of those things that come naturally to Sarah come naturally to her as well. And uh, the two of them get along great. Um, She has a big
1: following already. She has a big following already.
0: She does. And and if you look at her social media, it's very professionally handled and that's not my doing. That's, That's a a uh, premeditative approach that she and her folks already had in place when I came along.
2: Yeah, and for you know, for I always, I, I basically think that that rich was the impetus in the CrossFit space for people realizing that they could, you know, leverage their. Competitiveness, their excellence on the floor, into something off the floor. But I think now people like Emma and Mal and Emma Carey, who are coming in and doing so well, so young, they have to consider on two fronts. Like I have to continue to train and compete well, but I need to position myself or put people around me that can help me be relevant in social media, be relevant in the sponsor mm-hmm. game, because that, like the. He's opened the door the way that Tiger Woods did or Michael Jordan did so that you can have support off, from off the floor to make training, recovering, et cetera, the things that you need for longevity more feasible. And that's where I think, you know, now, now we're at the point where people like you and O'Keefe and the other agents that have popped up become really important in terms of setting up the foundation so that that career can extend for a long time.
0: Fully mm-hmm. totally agree. Fully it, it, totally agree.
1: It's interesting. She's just a kid. And she's in a, and she's in a, um, and she's in a woman's world already.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, was I, I have some pretty strong feelings. <laughs> yeah. Give it to me, yeah.
1: There's some weird, like, um, I, I remember being in, in meetings where, I, where the, the 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 or or on emails where they would the CrossFit Games crew would talk about what the teens should be wearing. And mm-hmm. should they be wearing the same thing that the, that the women wear because of just how much of their skin they see. And I just can't emphasize enough to people who are watching this. These are still fucking kids, man. Mm-hmm. Don't ever get that shit twisted.
0: No.
1: Like a 16 year old girl is a fucking kid. She is. And, uh, and, yeah, and,
0: I just, and I, I, I feel so, I feel so
3: protect.
1: I feel so protective over it. Um, the, along the same line, you know, the, the, the prime minister of the, of the, uh, UK Boris fucking,
0: dipshit Johnson
1: yeah yeah he just told his country hey you're better off taking the injection because dieting and being healthy is is too hard I Mm would like I don't care if you say that to adults but like don't say that shit to my kids my kids don't need Mm -hmm. anyone arguing their limitations for them and and I just feel so protective and I see her and like like if you don't tell me she's 16 I just see this beautiful woman but the second you tell me she's 16 I flash back to what a knucklehead I was when I was 16 Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, it's like for an agent, man, it's a whole different world, right? You have this yes. fucking sophisticated powerhouse that is, that is the force of nature, Sarah Sigmund's daughter. I mean, we had her on the mm-hmm. show. It was like just two hours of just blitzkrieg. I mean, it was mm-hmm. nuts. Um, She's so special. And then you have Emma mm-hmm. Lawson and sure. not a dig at her, but she's a, she's a plant that doesn't even have, she hasn't even given fruit yet. Sarah's a full blown mm-hmm. tree, you know, like, mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Like, it's just nuts. It's it's quite the juxtaposition of um, of of characters and potential. And yeah, it's uh, yeah.
0: But it's nuts. Have you note, seen
1: them together in the same room, Emma and, and Sarah?
0: Yes. yes yeah. They're, they're great. I mean, we were together in Dubai and I mean, uh, Sarah has some like uh, big sister wives there, which is a very good thing to have. And they have spoken multiple times. They they have spoken on the phone. And I introduced them quite early on because I felt that Sarah could be a very good influence on, on Emma, which she is. Uh, yeah. But then she's got this network of people around her. She's got a whole family. She's got parents that are very, very aware of how sick society is, you know, and how... <laughs> <laughs> how how hard it can, can be if she isn't protected from from some of that stuff. So barriers have been have been put up, and we're just very transparent in all our communication about what needs to be done and what doesn't, and if there is something that we need to stay clear of, etc. I'm a parent myself. I mean, uh, uh, oh, you are my young. Yeah, my younger son is a year younger than she is, and my older son is two years older than she is. So it's uh, I have uh, I, as a parent, I can relate to a lot of the things that her parents are dealing with. Yeah, And I awesome. think that's that serves me in good stead as well. So it's uh, th- there are multiple there there are multiple things to look out for, and those young teenagers coming into the sport now. We're all just learning now. We're all just on a learning curve, but trying to be trying to stay the course is all I can do. And there will be some things that will come up. Nothing no, nothing bad has come up yet. And nothing that makes me concerned has happened yet. If she needs time to develop, she has all the time in the world. So it's rather that if she would have qualified for the games, if she would have been one of those if they would have been three, the teenagers who, who were among the elites, that might have brought on some spotlight, some undesired spotlight to her. So the months since then and now till Dubai, I think actually were very pivotal in her growth. What happens in 2022, it will be a, an approach that will be mindful of her age.
1: Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Hey um you see someone like Sarah she has um nearly 2 million followers on Instagram and she still seems pretty normal
3: like mm-hmm. actually yeah.
1: very actually very normal and um it, it, it and and you see it more with men i feel like the the men stay more normal than the women but but a lot of the women get shit get, starts getting weird at like 500,000 followers like <laughs> like they start like they start getting like uh plastic surgery or injections in mm-hmm. their face or uh, they turn into uh, just world class bitches. Um, <laughs> I, I know. I know it's social hard. media is really hard, and I know like yeah. for for me it's fantastic because I'm old and like there's nothing you and, and probably for you too. I sense it like. There's no there, where where you can't throw You can't hurt me with anything like make all mm-hmm. the big nose jokes you want. Tell me about like, I'm old. Tell me about the great, like bring it all on. And then when people attack me that I have a podcast, it's actually fodder. I'm actually looking mm-hmm. for confrontation so I can bring up on my next episode of my podcast.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: but you you have, with this?
3: <laughs> how, how
1: <laughs> thick is Sarah's skin? Like you've known her now for a while. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, she could rescue someone out of a burning building and someone's gonna ridicule her on how she grabbed the kid. Oh, she shouldn't have grabbed Mm -hmm. the the kid's arm. She's gonna hurt Mm -hmm. the kid. It's like I mean, it's a savage landscape. There's no there's nothing you can do good on there. Um how do you Does she have a crazy thick skin compared to someone like Emma, or like how how do you see people cultivate that thick skin? Do you talk people through that? I mean, people forget that on the on the other side of every account, there's just a a child. We're all just children. Mm
0: -hmm. We're all just Mm -hmm. people.
1: And
3: go ahead. Sorry, her
0: feelings get her feelings get hurt too. You know. Yeah, yeah. But she but she expects it. She realizes that sometimes that just happens and the spotlight, whatever the spotlight brings, there is some garbage that comes with it for the most part, because Sarah is such a normal person because she is so approachable. She is so much of that girl next door that most people have extremely good vibes towards her because that's what she projects back. Ah. She has, there, of course, like you discussed on the podcast, she gets an assortment of dick pics. <laughs> you know, yes, she gets marriage proposals and she gets all of that crap. Snorri, so there's got
1: to be a billion dollar NFT in there with yeah, those dick pics. I'm telling you, there's <laughs> got to be. Okay, sorry, go on, go on. So, <laughs> yeah. so she gets bombed with all the, yeah, all she, the love she affairs,
0: rushes it up, but you also have to realize that. Sarah is a cynical person she she has so much sarcasm in her she has so high tolerance for rude jokes and she the, the stuff she is she has a dark side she the stuff she is capable of saying as a joke it would surprise you but it's all it all comes from a good place but what i'm leading at is she She can take most of those things. Sarah's the last person on earth who will be offended by something. And that's just her personality. It's not a personality she developed. She just entered this earth as an open-minded, free-spirited person who doesn't get offended and doesn't over-dramatize anything. And those things are really, really helpful when it comes to all this spotlight and all those things. She's also comfortable with the person she is. She doesn't have to act as a different person. Sarah, camera turned on, camera turned off,
3: exactly
0: Uh. the same person. Exactly the same. And she does want to spread joy. She wants to keep people around her with a smile on on their face. But it comes from a natural place. It, It isn't marketing. It isn't something other than that's who she is. So... The way she functions in this whole thing, she doesn't over-dramatize the negatives, and she takes a lot of heart from the positives. So if if someone has found the way to really navigate through this, it is Sarah. And I thought it was really interesting when, when you guys had her on the podcast because you bombarded her with some questions. She was never faced with any of it, and that's exactly <laughs> how she is. You, yeah, you can she was say amazing. Some, you can say some nasty shit to her that would really get a lot of people riled up, and she will just laugh it off. That's uh, yeah, she. And that, that's to her credit. You 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 are not going to put her in a in a tough spot. The last year in Sarah's life has been an absolute fucking nightmare, and there were things that were widely reported. Uh, Her injury nightmare, her her dog, literally her best friend, uh, got hit by a car and died. And there there were so many things that went sideways for her. And she still maintained. She still thrived. She still did all of that stuff that she needed to do. And she was back on a competition floor eight months post-surgery and kicking ass. Her fitness wasn't all there, but she was all there. And Dude, uh, she set
1: a record on her.
0: her. What
1: right. did she say on the show? She said a PR. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry,
0: it was, no, it po- was, it was a post a surgery, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a post surgery PR, but it was a PR. She had done 95 kilos split jerk previous to the competition. Oh, no, it was a run 7.5. It was a lifetime yeah, she, PR she, for a run, one wasn't kilometer it? or one mile run. That's right. it was either yeah. One of those. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, just buckle your seat. She's coming back, and uh, she, given that her her, her body holds up, uh, I have this theory that the whole rest of her body healed up while she was healing her knee. So I have a feeling that we're getting uh, a Sarah who has everything set up for success. Now,
1: you know what? Um, what about this? Uh, uh, when when I that, that going back to that guy Dusty Tuckness, the bullfighter, I had a feeling he's. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling he's going to transcend the sport. Okay, Um, because he and he already did because people go there. The first step has happened. People go there to watch the guy ride the bull. Right. And he's been so good at protecting the Cowboys that now people are going to the sport to watch him. It's like if Mm -hmm. someone went to the sport to to an NBA game to watch the judge or the referee. I mean it's just it's it's just weird, right? Um mm-hmm. and, and you look at Sarah and and not that she, you know, not that she's not one of the best crossfitters who ever lived, but she's been injured, she's been out, she's she's had struggles and yet she's still at the very very top of the food chain in terms of attention. Mm-hmm. Um she, I I I, she, I think she can she can be that one person who transcends the sport or people who aren't into crossfit like Tiger Woods did for golfing. I could give two shits about golfing. But mm-hmm. but he he went beyond the sport right i mean she's got it right
0: yeah and she she's, is already she's the girl next
1: door and yet she's still sorry say that again
0: she is on that trajectory already i mean what we're watching there is the launch of her clothing line she is she's sponsored by volkswagen who didn't sign her as a crossfit athlete they signed her as the inspirational independent woman who does her own thing uh the, the, the number of letters she gets from mothers and from, from others just highlighting what a good role model, what a nice example she is setting for, for their daughters, for their children. She's already in that space. I can't speak for the other ladies, but I, I definitely can't speak for Sarah when I say that there is a lot of different people paying attention to her than CrossFit enthusiasts. And they're yeah. not there for the for the for the underwear pictures because she doesn't post any of that stuff. Right. She never right. leverages herself or her sexuality. As yeah, please talk to her
1: about to that, please. Can you fix that, Snori? <laughs> Thank you. I, I like how I like how good she is with BKG too. By the way, I love it seeing hurts. their camaraderie when they're together in the pictures. I love that. It makes me want to be there with them. It's crazy.
0: They are genuine friends they like yeah. they hang out they they give each other tons of shit and when when one is competing the other is watching uh, and all of that they're just they're genuine friends a lot of training partners love training together but they don't hang out afterwards they whenever there's an opportunity they have they hang out and they they engage and they're just like brother and sister there's nothing more there they're just like really good friends that hang out and respect each other so uh, it's absolutely a wonderful thing for, for me to watch as well and quite often the three of us are involved in some dealings they have uh, some of the sponsors sponsor both of them and then we leverage both of them both of them do photo shoots at the same time etc and it's always good fun and good banter
1: you, um what do you think about the phenomenon i heard you talking about this with um with uh justin there are these different events there are these events that like rogue does with that are just outstanding for the athletes perfect weather mm-hmm. perfect everything perfect money all this and yet the, the seats can't be filled yeah they're ghost town and yet the crossfit games is selling out like in in like you, you know 11 minutes the stadium and the tickets are more expensive than fucking seeing guns and roses is that is that all the affiliates like what 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 do you think has what why does the games why does crossfit hq have such a stronghold on that on the on the fans why didn't the fans go to the rogue event why aren't they going to water? I, I, I mean, they go to water, but you know what I mean. What? Say that again. I you
0: disagree? disagree. There was a, okay, good. There was good. a bunch, yeah. of, bunch of people at Rogue. There was a bunch of people there, and the the stadium was just set up in a way where you couldn't fill all the seats because the okay. line of disability wasn't wasn't there from from every angle. I don't know how many people were there, but there were thousands. And, right. Uh, I. I believe there there is a route here to the popularity of this sport that needs to be explored. Uh, all I cannot explain CrossFit to my grandma. I I, I right. could explain I, I could explain soccer to her. I can explain boxing to her. I mean, the guy that gets knocked out loses, or right. the, the team that scores more goals wins. But CrossFit has all these crazy curves to it. Uh, And when when you're announcing all the events at the very last minute, it gives the broadcasting team and the announcers and everyone such a limited time to prepare to really give a good, engaging broadcast experience to those who know nothing about it. So whenever I tell someone, hey, watch this event, watch Dubai or watch The Rogue or whatever, people who don't know what CrossFit is all about, who haven't done their beginner course or aren't training it themselves they have a really really hard time understanding what's happening on the screen so it's not like they're popping popcorn and bringing up breaking out the sodas to just indulge in crossfit so let me let me propose this to you
1: yeah let me let me propose this to you i'm like like uh, uh i remember being a kid and watching american football and not being interested in it because i couldn't follow the rules like I, like mm-hmm. I basically had to be stuck watching it with some other people to finally get into it. So I get yep. that feeling from 2007 to, uh, to, to 2016, 17, 17 the media team at crossfit inc did so much character development we basically mm-hmm. wrote the playbook for what that, what that i think that the ufc uses with the the we went to all the athletes homes we did all the like road to the games i mean it was crazy you two would reach out to us and be like holy shit we've never seen anything like this this is the biggest series outside of the ufc for their embedded series mm-hmm. and their embedded series was not nearly as i mean th- granted they had to do more but there was not nearly the qu- quality of road to the games not the in-depth with the characters none of that and then basically and 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 so now we know we know from what we did at the games last year and what we did with rogue from the feedback and how the podcast has exploded and now we already Mm -hmm. know from wadapalooza like people i've already gotten five dms in the last you know 24 hours saying i'm gonna watch wadapalooza because you interviewed james sprague i would have never Mm -hmm. watched it before my feeling is is that um and i'm open to your idea too about it being too complicated but i'm like Hey, there's no character development. It's mm-hmm. kind of like um, yeah, like we don't know how much cool how many people would be into Roman if we could get some character development. True. I mean, like it's True. it's like you said, Russia Siberia is just like might as well be Mars to an American. Mm-hmm. It's a mythical yep. place. True. It's like fucking uh it's um it's Wonderland. It's Allison in Wonderland. Mm-hmm i my days of traveling are over i would love to go those days i filmed a bunch of movies and shit in russia it was awesome it was awesome but my days are over but go get them clive go get them so, <laughs> so i think it's this, car- i think it's character topic. development the media when they mm-hmm. got rid of the media team at crossfit hq what, no sorry when they got rid of me at crossfit hq it went to shit
0: mm.
1: <laughs> that's my theory
0: will, no more character uh, development I, I will uh, give, give a lot of uh, applause to, to this. And when I was studying CrossFit, I didn't know shit about CrossFit. And I, I didn't really care about CrossFit or anything. But right. what really helped me was all this terrific content that was available to to get involved in it. And those movies that you guys did, the, the 2015, 16, and 17 Or even every second
1: counts. Even the first one from 2008. Like you got to see these people. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And you got to see all of them. Not only just the champions. Yes. And all of of that. And I think in in terms of Sarah Simonstope and her fame and everything she has become, this was the springboard. This was beyond doubt the springboard. Because... Without this, you would have only had this blonde girl who crushed a few events and nearly won it in 2015 and 16. But you wouldn't really have the character that you really engaged with, you really believed in, and you really wanted to know more about. So definitely, this is all correct. Uh, It doesn't change the fact, though, that during the exact broadcast of the event, we're not really catering to people... Outside of the CrossFit and fitness space. We're not getting people who might become interested if they had more of a chance of understanding what's going on in there. And they don't know need to know the difference between a pull-up and a muscle up and all of that. They don't really need that. That can be developed over time. But if the excitement about each event, the excitement about how the points are accumulated and how this is all driven through. There's a a lot of ground that can be made up on that. And because so many of the events are announced at the last minute, the announcers resort to telling stories about those select few that they know personally or know everything about. And you you have a longer time-domain event. And the camera is on one athlete while the announcer is telling their life story while someone else is maybe doing something terrific. And they miss a lot it, of stuff.
3: It, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: they miss so much, and it it may be those who know everything about CrossFit, but it doesn't really serve any of those others. All those burger eating truck drivers that could be loving this will just stick to UFC and and football and and those sports that they understand.
2: But I, I don't. I'm not even sure that's the case because you know this this example that Savan said about James Sprague is is a great one. I think that you know, before, maybe before we interviewed him on, on here, like he was very uh, unknown. Like you'd have to be a pretty Mm -hmm. serious fan to have any idea who James Sprague was. This guy's got a great personality, incredible work ethic and a ton of potential. He's Mm -hmm. training with, you know, and he has been training with the brute strength, which is a very well-established program. He's got friends and support system that are helping him do this. He started his own business and all, and Mm -hmm. there's so many athletes. There's like 85 individual athletes competing at Wadapalooza in the elite division. There's almost Mm -hmm. 200 of them competing in the elite teams of three division and Mm -hmm. you know we're not going to be able to tell us 300 stories but there's a but there's a lot more athletes that could that we could be shining a bigger spotlight on and i agree completely that a lot of the competitions and i think this is a in part a derivative of the games um and in part of just the weirdness of the ups and downs of the media space in the last three years um the after it was kind of disrupted but it makes it difficult for people who do know a lot about the athletes, who do appreciate a lot of, of the athletes, to be able to get those stories out there mm-hmm. into, into the psyche. I mean, James Sprague might not appeal to everyone, but he's going to appeal to a different demographic than a BKG or than a Roman. And mm-hmm. if we can tell more and more stories, then we draw from more and more fields, and
1: it's better for everyone. Man, people liked but, him, by the way. He he, he yeah. Was the home. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And uh, it's great that you guys are bringing some, some of those incomers into into the discussion. And you're featuring them and giving them a shot to shine. But who is your audience? Right,
1: uh, right. How right, many
0: right. outside of CrossFit are actually watching this?
1: My mom. Oh, no, wait. Okay. She does CrossFit too. Sorry.
0: No, no one. No one. The, the, the thing no I'm one. looking at is... Let's say there are five or six million people in the world doing CrossFit. Let's say there are people around them who don't do it, but appreciate CrossFit and have like some interest. Let's say we have a 10, uh, a 10 million roof on this. We have 10 million yeah. people that can be catered to. If this sport is to reach any new heights, we need to get those into... A billion or at
1: least it's Sarah's fault. She needs to transcend the fucking sport. We need to put Sarah in a rocket ship and send her to Mars to do thrusters. (laughs) Or she needs to get with Uh, Elon. She needs to get with Elon. Take Mary have a baby with Elon. If she had a baby with Elon, or if she had Mm -hmm. a baby with Elon, like I think that's like we need some sort of like,
0: you know. (laughs) Transcending from somewhere else. Well, yeah, we two to, to that point, it's uh, th- there's a lot of things that can be done, and there's a lot of things that will be done. So it's not like I'm over here being overly pessimistic that that, that CrossFit has found its roof and will never ne- ne- never grow from here. It definitely will. and yeah there will it will definitely be some, some, some opportunities. One of the ways to do it is character development and I'm really grateful for exactly this podcast here. Because you guys have been bringing in people that wouldn't have been featured other ways. I mean, Colton Mertens, he's been around Uh, for a while. You guys finally started featuring him. Lazar Dukic. Not a lot of people would have interviewed that guy. Yeah, wonderful guy, too.
1: I wouldn't have interviewed him. Brian's like, you got to interview him. I'm like, I don't want to talk to some fucking Bulgarian Serbian (laughs) fucking dude who doesn't speak English. Now I'm in love with the guy and (laughs) his brother. Exactly. Oh my God. I want him to come yeah. to my house and play. They're
0: awesome. <laughs> He's probably up for that. <laughs> hey, you rep- no do you represent the brothers? No, but I'm friends with them. And they are in the category of people that I do help out from time to time.
1: Court, You're in courtship uh, with them.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, they are, they're just friends of mine. And the European, you, uh, the, 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 What's the word for it? Collegiate? No, the group of European athletes and people involved in the sport over here in Europe, we tend to have like a a tighter, tighter ties. So even I think you're looking at at the
2: European contingency.
0: Yeah, that was it. That was it. And we, I am more motivated to be of service to someone over here than from somewhere else, just for the reason that we, we try to stick together and help each other out.
1: Is Sarah going to get married, do you think, soon?
0: Not soon, no.
3: No, not soon.
0: <laughs> and why should she get married? I mean, she shouldn't. That's, not really, that, that, no, that's I- not really our culture. I mean, no one is caring if you if, if you sleep around before marriage over here. So she's pretty good to go.
1: Oh uh, well, I wasn't even going there. I don't even think she has from from the little bit we that I've spoken
0: with her. I don't even oh, think she has. time I opened Pandora's box. So let's I don't even think down. she
1: has time to sleep around. I. That's it, the second from... time you've done it. You brought up the virus before
2: he could. Now you brought up sex <laughs> before he could. His two favorite yeah, topics.
0: I'm, just, I'm I'm here on the on for the first time, and I'm making the mistakes so that I won't have to make them again later. <laughs> hey, uh, she,
1: she she loves going to Dubai, huh? Yeah. I keep thinking we're gonna find out she's like marrying a prince over there or something. I keep thinking that there's like when I see she goes over there like two months ahead of time, I'm like, man, there must be something over there. We asked her about that I, I asked her about that about um men in her life and she basically she gave a very honest uh uh answer I, I really liked it. It was like, hey man, like yeah, it' would be great to have someone, but I don't know what to I can't give anyone attention
0: mm-hmm. and, and, that's, and it's like that's exactly the thing. If someone wants to tag along, then uh, it will be on her terms. And man have a problem with that. So yeah, they sh- she will, she, she just, she navigates her life on her terms. Everything she does is on her terms. She tries to be as nice about it as possible, but training and competing and doing the things that serve her goals come first. There isn't a place for anything else, but I mean, she's got... She's got friends all over. She, she she does whatever she wants to do, whenever she wants to do. And then Dubai just happens to be where her best friend lives. And there, there happens to be a group of motivated people training there. Uh, the sun is usually the factor of where she wants to be at any given oh, time. Nice. She loves the yep. sun. So she is planning on spending a considerable time in America. Now, next season, Max is over there. Um uh, she she'll probably stick around in Florida for a little while after after the Watapalooza. But she just doesn't tie herself down to anything. She what? she's just free.
1: That sounds like me.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except you're stuck in California all the time it seems, I and mean, you never. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But like I, I just do whatever. You know what? That's on I, his terms, is what he's saying. Yeah. What's 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 cool. this word mean? Dollarama. I will, Vincent Chung. I will gladly be her low maintenance dollarama plant prince. What's dollarama mean? <laughs> I
0: have no idea. Oh, okay. Here I'm <laughs> I'm,
1: gonna, I'm looking up on Wikipedia. It's a Canadian. Oh, it's Canadian money. What is that? Someone, uh, is a Canadian dollar store, retail chain, headquarter, Montreal. can Oh, it's a retail. You'll be her retail store prince. Okay. I, I'm not sure I get that, but I okay. like
0: it. All right. Well, well, All I right. mean, try, try sending a dick pic in your DMs. And <laughs> <to> <laughs> my <laughs> oh live. my goodness.
3: Uh, no, now I'm in trouble. Uh, uh
1: um you know what's funny, Snorri, I'm using this. I I I don't wanna be I, I don't want to be in the um in the CrossFit space.
3: Okay. I, but Where but do let you me want to be?
1: I I I'm leveraging it's not that I don't want to be, it's it's not that I don't want to be, it's that I don't wanna be. Like I, I would rather I'm leveraging my the CrossFit audience that in the people who through CrossFit to pursue this idea that, um, to just take one shot at making the biggest podcast in the world. Mm -hmm. And like, and like all these people are fucking amazing. It it, it truly is crazy. Like uh, every morning when I'm in the shower, I'm like, I can't believe someone sent me a dollar 99. Like, it's crazy that someone would click and do that. But to, to me, like I'm, um, Mm -hmm. but, but I'm leveraging, I, I want to bring, I'm hoping that CrossFit, my my CrossFit friends can, and community can push me into outer space. <laughs> do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like I'm just, lever- I'm just leveraging this. So I do the, Um, and thank God I've run into people like Brian who will help me do it. And people like Matt Souza, I don't know where I was going with that, but it, but it's just, it's just interesting. Like my, I mean, I think it's, it's mutually beneficial, right? But I'm just yeah. as interested in interviewing um, James Sprague as I am interviewing someone who's like at his same level in the ultimate Frisbee circuit or some kid who's the best physicist at his college, or I'm just as interested. Although, you know, I reached out to a fris ultimate Frisbee guy and he told me that I would have to pay him to come on my podcast. He's no a
2: disc way. disc golf player, not ultimate Frisbee.
3: Yeah, Same yeah, shit. Well, Maybe well, that's why. Maybe that's why he's going to charge me. <laughs> Potato,
0: tomato. But he hey, does, do you...
1: Do any of your clients charge to go on podcasts?
0: No, no. And we, we aren't there. And I remember when, when Conor McGregor was rising to fame, he did every single fucking interview he could do. Uh-huh. Local radio stations, uh, podcasts weren't a really big thing back then, but he was doing all these radio and cable video and, and whatever interview he could go to. And this is what propelled him into because he knew he could talk, he knew he could impress people, but this the media is what helped him get there. So my view on this is we're selective on the media that they do. It's not like uh, every single respond uh, request for an interview is granted. But we have never ever asked for payment from the media for, for, uh, for an athlete to be featured.
1: I never and, thought yeah, that in would a million years, be. I never thought in a million years Sarah would come on this podcast.
0: Really? Yeah. She really likes you. you. You must have known that she likes you. She likes uh, you. Uh, and, and I'm uh, not meaning sexually, you know, like, the, like the person you. Your humor, what, what, whatever you stand for, she, she's always liked you. You've interviewed her multiple times through the past. You had right. the camera in her face many times, yes. and uh, she either likes you or not. It's, it's very clear to her. And you were in the former category. So when you reached out to her, she was always up for it.
1: I don't think anyone. Um, do, are, are you? Are, do you have any insecurities about people liking you? Like I feel like no, no. one really likes me. No, you don't. You think people like you?
0: Well. I know for a fact there are plenty of people that don't like me. And uh there's plenty of people that I don't like either. And uh, I just assume that most people don't fine. like me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why do you think people are watching this podcast, man? Why why do you think you are uh generating all these these views? And liking and liking, I mean that's So they wanna watch
1: it. They're, they're they're hoping there'll be a train wreck.
0: Yeah. They're hoping that I'll yeah, say yeah. something to.
1: They're just waiting for someone to tell me to shut the fuck up, and but, they're waiting for me like to say something to you, and like think I'm safe because I'm six thousand miles from you, and then you walk <laughs> in the door, and you just start beating my ass. I think that's what they kind of like. Everyone secretly uh, hopes that. That's what well, I think.
0: You, you have to take take this to a very, very dark and unsecure place where that ever to happen. <laughs> so, no, I, I think. I think you're more liked than you give yourself credit for, and I think deep down inside you know that that that, that is the case.
1: Well, good. I I, yeah. I I'm not going to tell myself than that though because it cause it drives me. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Leslie, oh look! 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 See! Money. Look at! Look at! This is my mom. I like you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey
1: i might <laughs> tell you so something that's it's really not, all
0: that counts that's really all that matters I mean, does your mom
1: know what you do snorri is your mom does yeah, your mom know what you yeah, do
0: absolutely your, and she's does very your dad very interested know my dad passed away this year but he knew really really well yes or last because my year. my year, mom knows though. what
1: i do but my dad doesn't really know what i do okay excuse me
0: no my my parents they uh both showed a lot of interest in in any business endeavor that I've been in and especially now on this trajectory i i share quite a lot especially when there's something happening through my social media so my people have a pretty good view of what i'm doing when something is happening
1: how did your dad pass
0: he he had cancer and uh it was just like a five year deterioration until he he finally couldn't take it anymore. So uh, he, he passed away in September and it, was a, it really sucked. <laughs> yeah. I'm still getting over that. So, uh, but, but at least we managed to have the conversations that we wanted to. I mean, I had five years from the point in time where he announced that he had cancer until he died. So I had five years to really use to, to, to get everything that I could from him so what I'm, kind I'm of happy cancer? it started as a testicular cancer but then it spread out all over the place i, I hey. think he probably he probably tucked it out uh, uh a bit longer than he should
1: hey that's really cool what you said though mm-hmm. that you had five years yeah. to like yeah you had five it years is. of the last day and do you live close to your mom
0: yeah we live maybe 10 minutes apart
1: and do you see her a lot
0: Yeah. And and of course, after he passed away, I tried to do more of it. Uh, I, of course, in a normal year, I'm traveling like half the year. I'm traveling maybe 150 days a year. So I'm not seeing my mom those days. And I I also have a a wife and kids. So there's a lot of sacrifice in in time that, that has to be made so that I can be doing what I love doing. But so far, so good. It works out.
1: Yeah, I. Um, you're lucky you have your mom close by, and and do your kids have a relationship with your mom.
0: Absolutely, yes, and uh, I mean that's one of the beauties of Iceland. It's small and compact, so yeah. If, if you want to have a good family, then that or or a close family, then that's very possible here. We aren't uh, scattered all over.
1: It, it, um, in, in my family, I, my gener- i didn't know my grandparents that well, like hardly at all. I mean, a little bit. With the ones I was close to, they spoke a different language than me, so it was hard to communicate with them. My Armenian wasn't that great, but my um, my kids have my mom and my dad, which is awesome. Yeah, and you guys can do that in Iceland.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Every, like it's not
1: uncommon for people to have relationships with their grandparents.
0: No, not at all. That's uh, that's the way of life over here. Most families keep it pretty close over here. Yes.
1: Would you Would you let your kid Would you encourage your kids if they wanted to become CrossFit Games athletes to encourage that, or would you say no? It's too hard. I Don't will. Do that.
0: <laughs> I will encourage them to do whatever they want to do and uh, to to chase any dream they want to chase. I mean that that's how I got where I am at. Been chasing a dream, one dream after another. So uh, uh, that, that's what I will try to inspire them to do.
1: How about UFC would you let them go that
3: route?
0: Well, my my older son was training at Mjolnir, the the MMA gym. I I would happily let let him make those choices for himself if that's what he wanted to do. So I, I I'm not here to put blocks on anything. But
1: You're be- you're better dad than me.
0: I'd probably be skeptical about it and scared about it, but still, I mean uh, Gunnar Nelson. Do you know Gunnar Nelson? Yeah. The UFC Yeah. I'm I mean, he's very a friend aware. of mine. And, and, and his dad is a very good friend of mine. And we have a lot of com- conversations about that. So, I mean, that worked out well for Gunnar. So why why wouldn't it work out well for someone else?
1: Yeah, he's a special guy.
0: We need to get him on this podcast. You, you, you can speak to him. He is, he's not only special. He's <laughs> he loads of fun, uh, He's a really fun guy. He just made
2: Savan's day.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Originally, I thought I had when um, Brian first mentioned me to you and I started digging around in in your business, I thought that I I was like, oh, I got to get, I got to meet Snorri so I can get Gunner. I got to meet Snorri so I can Uh get Gunner. Yeah, I'd love to do
3: that.
0: that He is about to get active again. So hopefully he will be fighting sometimes at some time in Q1 this year. So, uh, it would be a good time to speak to him because he's been out for two years now.
1: Uh, Who's, who's the other, you represent someone else too. Who's huge uh, in the 205 pound division. Uh,
0: I don't represent any of those fighters, but I'm, I've been helping out every now and then, but uh, no, I I don't have anyone else in the MMA realm that I've been working with other than Gunny. Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, not Gunny, uh, 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 you weren't representing. Um. Uh. Who's the guy? He fought John Jones.
0: Yeah, Gustafsson. No, unfortunately, no. the Swedish guy, Gustafsson. Yeah, no, it's I, I. I don't even know him. I'm Do people confuse
1: him and Gunner a lot, even though they're in different weight classes?
0: No, I no? think you are the first one. <laughs> oh shit! Because they got kind of a, they got a similar
1: look going. They got a similar look yeah. going.
0: It's that Nordic Viking vibe. Yeah, the the blonde looks. But I mean, Gustafsson is, is considerably bigger than than Gune.
1: And is is um is is Gunnar gonna do one fifty five? Is that his weight class? No,
0: no. Once, uh, what is it? One seventy five welterweight. That's oh, 171. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's wow. been in welterweight the whole time, but he's small for a welterweight. He is. Uh, he he walks around pretty close to his fighting weight, while a lot of those guys are maybe. 10, 15, 20 pounds higher, and then they just cut it off during fight week.
1: Hey, so, the division needs him too, because mm-hmm. you know, Kumaro's just like run through the division.
0: Yeah. I mean, we I mean, got I mean, that, that new Kamsat guy who we don't know where his roof is. You, he was fucking scary. But Gunny has been unfortunate. He's had close fights. He had a very close fight with Leon Edwards. He had him in a fucking lock. He needed five seconds more to to finish the submission in the end of the third round. But he lost that one on points. He lost to Gilbert. What was his name? Gilbert. Burns. Burns, yeah. He, very close fight to lost that one on points.
1: All top so, of the food chain, guys. All, all yeah, you know, those, top those are- three guys, yeah.
0: Those are his last two fights. Ahead of that, he he had just been uh, storming it. and In a a different reality, with with a different approach, maybe being a bit more aggressive or a bit more this or that, these were such close fights, it would have had a different outcome, and uh, we would have been talking to him in a different light. But he's still only 32. I mean, those guys are pretty fucking old over there. Uh, hey, is, is, is Gun- really not old.
1: Is Gun? I I just put into Google Gunner and and Kamzat and uh, shale uh, shale, Sonnen shale made a video about that. I mm-hmm. haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Just last month, is that fight being talked about?
0: I don't think Kamsat is doing it. I think Kamsat wants someone ranked and higher up. But Gunny called them out. Gunny Gunny said, "Hey, if, if you're looking for someone, you say everyone is dodging you. Uh, I'm not." So if wow. you want to fight, that's crap. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well. That would be a that would be some fight. I, I would be scared shitless because Gunnar has <laughs> been out of action for a while and we don't know how good this Kamsa is. He has he, he has not gone against like top, top level opposition yet. So we don't really know, but he sure looks scary. That the guy has like 300 punches landed and three absorbed or something. So how, his how about the guy from China? How about the guy from yeah, China? Leech. He thought he picked yeah, him up and
1: carried him over to the other side of the ring and then looked at Dana and goes, this is what I do to your fighters. And then just throws
0: him yeah, on the exactly. ground. And
3: I'm
0: that's just like, guy, what the, the Leech. Fuck? Leech. that's a fucking great fighter. So yeah, that sent a clear message, but still not a top 10 guy. Uh, we, we're still to see him against that level of opposition.
1: Yeah, I, I would love to see him against Colby.
0: Oh, I'd love to see that as well. Who wouldn't? Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean Colby is that good that if if he runs through Colby, then everyone can be scared.
1: He, I mean, it, then it will be clear that he's going to win the 71 and that he's going to go up and and get uh Izzy. Yeah. Yeah, how about how about this guy who's in the 185 division now who um who beat Izzy in kickboxing? And they Who's say he, again? they said he's made out of mahogany. This oh, guy I is nuts. I, I wish I could remember his name. Maybe someone will say in the comments.
0: Is that uh, Kamzab? No, is, is that Khabib's friend? Is that no, uh, it's, he, it's uh, a Brazil.
1: It's it's Glover Tshera's boxing coach. Okay. And he's the only guy. So you know, I guess, um, I guess, uh, uh, I think he's the only guy ever to knock out Israel Adesanya. And you know, Israel had like a kickboxing career of like. 75 wins and five losses or something, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. And I this guy. I I beat him. Oh, wow. and, and,
1: and beat the fuck out of him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and I saw his first UFC fight, and his knockout was so crazy. Anyway. <laughs> I like it that you yeah. like the UFC.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, I haven't brushed up on it enough, like, in the last half year or so. I have I have been a bit more distant to it than I used to be, but. I I would probably get right back into it. And that said, I I watched all those great fights. I, I watched all those, those biggest fights. And some fights they have been now in, re- in the recent weeks.
1: And now they're taking a few weeks off and, and I have nothing to do on Saturday night. Are you going to watch the boxing <laughs> match yet. tonight? There's some heavyweight pay-per-view event tonight. Are you going to watch that?
0: Uh, I wasn't aware of it. And I... I love boxing, but I have been uh, I've been selecting what I watch and what I don't because I don't have all the time in the world. So right. boxing kind of went on the back burner.
1: When you come home, you have to you have to be the kids. Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you, <laughs> so you're
2: you <laughs> always chasing the next the next dream. What can we uh, expect to see from you and your, your athletes, your company in the year ahead?
0: Yeah, so. I have looked a bit outside of CrossFit. I've been uh, working with one weightlifter. I'm working with one strongman as well. And I feel like I can chase a bit more over there. I'm, I'm pretty stocked in the CrossFit department, but I will be looking to increase in those other departments because th- there are, there's, this is so synonymous. There are, there are the same brands are sponsoring those athletes as well. So it, it, it works out well. And I kind of like having, yeah, there she is, Yasmin. She's incredible. And uh I started working with her like half a year ago, and she's been just uh, a monster to work with. Which um, country? She's from Malta, which is oh, wow. probably one of the reasons for why we <laughs> get along so well. We we both come from a small island nation, so there, there are – even though the weather is different, there are there are a lot of similarities. <laughs> she went to the Olympics, she she she's been competing at the World Championships. She is she's beautiful and she's driven, she's intelligent, she she has so many attributes that have been contributing to the fact that she's just skyrocketing every month in new followers and new this and new that. So and a lot of opportunities that have been coming her way.
3: Dude, look yeah. at this,
1: people. Look where she lives. She lives between <laughs> Naples, Italy, and Tripoli in a puddle of mm-hmm. water called the Mediterranean Sea. My God. Yep. Someone lives there. Hey, where's Gabriella? She, is, is that near Magawa? Where doesn't she live? Oh, no. no she's on Mallorca over here. Yeah, she,
0: yeah, she lives in Mallorca.
1: Oh, but you could take a boat. They could boat to each other.
0: That's <laughs> yeah, the Mediterranean. <laughs> if they want to, they can they can row, Meet halfway. Oh.
1: It's about, it looks like it's about a thousand miles.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a lot of rowing.
1: How, how is that? How is that? And you represent Magawa, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And and, and how is that? Is she, and she trains on that island?
0: Yeah. She lives there. Oh, wait, do you, you represent Laura? Own? Yeah, no, I she I was great. Not Laura. But, but I, ha- I represent Christoph, Laura's brother, the Hungarian bear.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's been on, he's been kind enough to be on.
0: Yeah, he's a regular with you guys, and I love that. Uh, you're, you're giving him uh, a platform. He's a great, he's a really asset. cool guy. Will he mm-hmm. be in Miami? No, neither one of them will be there. Okay. Uh, out of my stable, it's it's really only Sarah who, who's competing there, and then there are some athletes that I am involved with or have some sort of a relationship. No, I'm kidding. Sam Stewart, the Irish guy. is there? Oh, that's right. He, he, he was on, on the show too. He's on yeah. team. Yeah.
1: He's one of my guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brian, let me ask you this and then I'll see Snorri's reaction to it. Are you guys, are you, uh, Brian, are you surprised that um, Sarah would just come back brand new, do um, Dubai and then do um, Wadapalooza, especially <laughs> since so many athletes are like, Hey, they're too close to each other. And here we have an athlete that's trying to just come slowly in and yet she's charging both of them and then on the other hand we have snorri saying but this is where actually sarah develops in competition Mm -hmm. she's a competition developer
2: yeah and obviously that's a significant factor and we know that that's something she's been missing and craving not you know the last two years she's had very little live competition experience but i would expect that the conversations are very mature with her and max and whatever her Mm -hmm. personal trainers or physical therapists are in iceland and snorri my expectation is that they were like Let's let's do Dubai. We think we're healthy enough. We passed all the tests. Let's see what happens there. And honestly, Dubai was a great test because uh, they got to run in unstable conditions and they had to do the thing that that caused the injury or was the last straw that broke the the knee, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. she she checked those boxes. And I would assume that week following that they did a little check in. They did some whatever analysis, had the conversations. And she knows she's coming to the U.S. anyway. She knows she wants to spend some time here. Uh, She had an invite to compete there. Um, and so, if the body was holding up, then it said, "Okay, let's you know, let's give this a, ch- a shot too," and that would be exciting for her. So that—that's my perspective, without knowing on the back end what the conversations were.
0: You're a smart guy, Brian. You—you hit it pretty much every single aspect of that thought process and how it evolved. We had been in communication with Waterpoloosa prior to Dubai, just. If Sarah would not be cleared to do Dubai, then she would do Wadapalooza. Never did I expect that she would be doing both. But based on the evidence of Dubai, based on how she felt, then it was clear she wanted to do the other. And in match, she has a fantastic coach. She has someone that is uh, a very smart guy doesn't take no bullshit, but he also listens. He he listens to what she wants and what she wants to achieve, and he he is developing an understanding to how she operates. This will be more about if there's anything iffy that she pulls out. That, that's uh, that's my hope. If there if she's feeling that anything is being compromised, if if her knee is acting out, or if there's anything, then she can just pull out right there and then. And I hope she will stay true to that because th- this doesn't really contribute to the 2022 season at all, but it does contribute to her self-confidence, her belief and her trusting that her body will hold up because, and that's what she's chasing mostly. And she isn't looking at the podium even as something that she is uh, thinking about. She's thinking about just performing in a competitive ses- setting.
2: And I I really think that the, you know, prior to Dubai, 7 we'd had a lot of conversations about the history of Dubai and the intensity of that competition and the beatdown Mm -hmm. that it often often was. And that wasn't the case. They had, the athletes had plenty of time day to day to recover. There were never too many things in one day. There weren't these hour-long runs in the desert or insanely heavy barbell cycling workouts that would just leave you, you know, unable or or with a week or two needed to recover from that. And if... Mm -hmm. And, and so that's another factor that plays into it. And I think uh, also having seen the programming for Wadapalooza, that they're also being responsible with the way that they're programming. So it's not mm-hmm. a huge setback for athletes who choose to compete there, but instead it's an opportunity to test their fitness. They're still going to be tested and it's going to be hard, but they have the opportunity to recover day to day. And it's not a, such a grueling test that, require, that that sets them back for a month from their training or whatever. Brian exactly.
1: called the programming at Wadapalooza oh. responsible. It's funny when I hear that I just think of all the all the, I just want to know all the events that he thinks are irresponsible. Um, I have a question for you, Snorri, but first I got to say something to Caleb. Hi, Caleb. Uh, don't we have a uh, a new overlay that when someone says Brian is smart, it's supposed to pop on the screen and say Brian is smart? Yes. Oh, what are you doing over there? Uh, are you doing your day job, or like, what's going on? Show off! Show <laughs> Jesus, crime anybody. Hell's going on. What, sorry, re- for you guys. The this reason, is- no, the reason why I
2: say that it's responsible is because the the competitions are aware that the ecosystem. Oh, needs- wait,
1: wait, wait, Hold on. It's it's one of those overlays. I don't mean don't don't be getting crazy, Caleb. it fucking will come over to your house. <laughs> sorry, sorry.
2: No, no. There no, needs sorry, to be a balance. Athletes want to compete in the off season, but they know that they there's only so many times they can compete. As so said, it's going to be different athlete to athlete. But the competitions also need the athletes there. So if they're doing things that are so difficult, so demanding, so fatiguing, so draining, that it then prohibits them from doing other competitions, it's actually worse overall for everyone.
1: Hashtag CrossFit so games, games? Hashtag
2: CrossFit Games? CrossFit Games is different because it's the end of the season. Yeah, There's at it's least the a couple one. months, and it's for the best of the best.
1: How about um, us? Can you point out to any – comp? or do you know competitions in your head with that, that are irresponsible?
2: No, some of these have been – programmed differently and with different purposes okay. in years past. Okay. But now we can't, all of the, everyone in the sport, the, the competition directors, the managers, the athletes, the coaches, et cetera, are all realizing and learning more and more every year about what's reasonable in terms of volume of training cycle, volume of training day, volume of competing in a season. And that if if people are more cognizant of that, then they can create the reality for athletes to compete a little more often without having to worry about how detrimental it's going to be to whatever their other goals are.
1: I like that. Yeah. Um, Snorri, do you think, me. do you think that Sarah has the discipline to pull out if she is, um, uh, I, I know these people, they their they some of their best qualities mm-hmm. that got them to where they are is that they are hyper competitive. Um, I guess that is the question. If she feels something like, Hey, it's better to fight another day than, you know, die on this hill. Does she have that in her?
0: Not by herself, but there is a team there and there it's a
3: team (laughs) and
0: and it has been spoken about and she knows what her goals are too. But no on on the on the day it will be really hard, but she also remembers how fucking hard it was to be on the sidelines for eight months. So uh she She's a smart girl. Uh, you should put that on the screen. Uh, Sarah is super intelligent and <laughs> she, <and laughs> she is someone I, I'm looking at Caleb realize. and he's, he's smiling. <laughs> so
1: Caleb I couldn't find it either just so you know. I couldn't find the Brian is smart. I saw I saw uh,
0: Yeah, sorry. there were nice. but, but get, let's get rid of that h. There is um, an h in her name. Um it's Sarah. It ends Ant, with an a.
1: Hey, can you say her real name, uh, Sn- Snori, Snori?
0: Snorri. Yeah, I sure can.
1: Snorri?
0: Her name is Rachneder Sara Sigmundsdottir.
1: Rachneder Sara. Put Rakh- that in Kennedy. your pipe and
0: smoke it. <laughs> hey,
1: I I really need someone to spell that out for me. Uh, f- uh Is it phonetically? So that I can um, start saying it like I say Björg and Carl Gudmundsson. You have come a long way with that one.
3: Yeah Got you it. have:
1: I feel like when I say his name, it's like when I start up my motorcycle, I just feel like better than everyone around me. <laughs> Snorri, I thank know you.:.:
0: appreciates
1: it. Uh, thank you very much. Um, you too, I hope I hope we won you over, um, that you will feel safe and encourage us and, and allow us to interview any of the people in your stable. Um, I hope you'll stay in touch. Uh, it was great having you. Happy New I Year! Absolutely
0: will. Yeah, you too, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm a big fan of this podcast, and I have been for a while. So it's been Thank an you. honor to to be here. And uh, I was just thinking, what took you so long? So, yeah, oh, yeah. for yeah. that,
2: <laughs> it wasn't. A, it, you know, it's just waiting for the right time. <laughs>
0: I was just thinking, these guys probably think I'm a fucking asshole. See? So you have the same problem I have. So you (laughs) have the same
3: problem I have.
0: Just from you guys. guys, (laughs) But but, but thanks for